Okay, so tonight's shear is dedicated, was dedicated and is dedicated in honor of a big mazel tov, big, big mazel tov, for Yossi and Adele. Yossi Alulians upon the engagement. This is for the engagement of Yossi Alulian to Adele Shegalov. May Hashem bless them both with a lot of mazel bracha and only, only good things. And Abinyan Adeyad with only, only, only great, 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 happy, happy marriage with only good, good, good things. And a big mazel tov to the parents, Rabbi Yisrael David uh, and his wife, Alulian, Ronit Alulian, and to Rabbi, uh, uh, to Elchanan, Shigalov. May Hashem bless them. Big bracha. Okay. And Mayan gives us gama. Baruch Hashem. Okay. That has been done. Let's proceed. Tonight's class is a mime. This week is Parsha Shalach. And this week is exciting because it's one of the weeks that we still have a mimer that we haven't learned in Torah Oyer. Um, that we don't have to learn the explanation. So many weeks we've been learning explanations on the Maimarim. Here we have an original Maimar. Um, so there are three Maimarim in Pasha Shalach, beginning with the words, Ani Hashem Elokeichem. And we are learning the second one. The second Maimar, Ani Hashem Elokeichem, this is to be found. And we didn't learn, we haven't learned any of the three. So we still have another two of those and that will complete all the Mamarim on Parsha Shalach without the Biurim. Okay, this is on Daf Memvav Amidalid, page 92 on Lakuti Torah. It's a fascinating, interesting mimer, so let's learn. And it's, Baruch Hashem, a smooth read. That's probably because I don't understand it, because if I would understand it, I would say, hey, it's complex. Here we go. Let's hope it stays smooth as we learn. Give me a moment. Okay. A little fuel. Okay, so this week in the parasha, all the way in the end of the Torah portion, we have the mitzvah of tzitzis. The mitzvah of talis and tzitzis, which is a mitzvah that, you know what, I've gotten myself used to um, the last couple of weeks to cheating. So let me change that. Get you all such cheers because it's much harder to listen than to, to give the class. But okay, all right, here we go. So, in the end of the mitzvah of Tzitzis, the Abishter signs off on the mitzvah, God signs off on the mitzvah. After many mitzvahs, it says, I am God, your God. You know, it's addressing that this is the, what's the mitzvah really about, it's about the relationship you have with Hashem. Or rather, that you're doing the mitzvah in submission to Hashem. Why do you have to do it? Not because it's nice, not because it's wonderful, not because it's, but because I am God, your God. The interesting thing about the mitzvah of tzitzis is that it repeats it twice. 
And this is, you know, we're familiar with this because we say the Shema all the time. And if you're like me, who many times you're a spacey person, I'm very spacey. If you're a spacey person, you'll find yourself probably saying like four times, if you're saying Krishna by heart. It's always better to say it from a siddur. But if you're saying Krishna by heart, you'll do like me. Did I say I should say siyaschem? Should say siyaschem? You end up doing it at least twice. And then you say, Right? Uh, but it's repeated twice. I am God, your God. I took you out of Egypt. I am God, your God. We're used to saying, Emes. Emes is not, doesn't say in the, Emes doesn't say in the Chumash. MS is already part of the next prayer. MS v'yatsev v'nachon, or by Ma'ariv, MS v'yamuna. But we attach the MS to Ani Hashem Elokeichem. And the Torah just concludes with Ani Hashem Elokeichem. And that's the conclusion of Parsha Shalach. Okay, so they're popular psukim because we say them every day in the Shema. Now, now this that God signs off on a mitzvah, that I am God, your God, you should know where it's coming from, is a common thing by many mitzvahs. The uniqueness, let's give it a little, right. um, the uniqueness by mitzvahs tzitzis is that it says it twice. I am God your God, I am God your God. And that's where the Rebbe is going to ask the question, the Alter Rebbe, why the repetition? I am God that took you out of Egypt. I am Hashem, your God. The sages tell us, every time it says, the meaning of I am God is, don't worry, I will repay you for the mitzvah. You can rely on me that I will, I will pay you for the mitzvah. You will get paid. Um, it's interesting that Hasidus has so knocked out the idea of getting paid of getting paid from our minds, that when I was interpreting the simple meaning of Ani Hashem, I wasn't even thinking about that. What did I tell you, Ani Hashem? I told you, Ani Hashem, you should know that these mitzvahs are my mitzvahs. You should do them because God commanded. That's what I told you, right? Ani Hashem, and, you sh- and through the mitzvah you're connecting to me. I gave you all these deeper meanings in Ani Hashem, but the simple meaning the sages tell us is I am God, who you can trust me because I will give you reward. I will reward you. In other words, know that this is coming from me and therefore recognize that I have it within my power and I will for sure come through for you. By fulfilling this mitzvah, I will for sure come through for you. Love and then you're not careful, but not to understand. What's the idea of the doubling of these words? It says two times Ani Hashem. Ani Hashem, right? Why two times? So if it's referring to reward, that seems to imply that there is double reward. Right? If it says Ani Hashem twice, it's referring to double reward. If we say that Ani Hashem means reward, so twice Ani Hashem means double reward. So so the question is, So number one, what's the idea? Why is it double? And if there is ever a reason why it should be double, if it's rewards, reward. Why twice reward? And secondly, if for whatever reason there is double reward, or it should be twice to emphasize two times the reward, then why doesn't this say this by other mitzvahs? Now, as I mentioned earlier, 
we do have Ani Hashem um, by other mitzvahs. But the uniqueness by tzitzis is that, it's t- that it says Ani Hashem twice. How come this is not mentioned? When he says that, he doesn't mean the general Ani Hashem. He means twice Ani Hashem. One time Ani Hashem says by other mitzvahs, but twice Ani Hashem. Why is this only by the mitzvah of tzitzis? Behold, it says in the Pasuk, today to do them. So the whole Mimer is going to explain to us really that there are two general rewards. One is the reward of Gan Eden, and the other one is the reward of the days of Mashiach and Tchias Ames. When we're thinking about reward, which comes in the tomorrow. Today is the time of work. We, 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 we learn Torah, we do mitzvahs. It's not the time to reap the rewards. However, the time will come, the tomorrow will arrive. When is the tomorrow? In two periods. The tomorrow for all the Jews that lived in the past is the afterlife. That's the tomorrow for all the, for all the past Jews. The tomorrow for us that we're merited to be alive at this current time, the tomorrow for us is any moment when Mashiach will come, that's already going to bring us into the tomorrow. The tomorrow of reward. Mashiach, and then mainly as the days of Mashiach will flow into the days of the resurrection of the dead at Chesamis. So that's the main morrow of the reward. And that tomorrow, all those who lived a long time ago will also merit by the resurrection. Fine. Uh, but the sages, and so the Rebbe is going to explain, and he's going to explain the differences between these two rewards, the reward of Tchias HaMesim and the reward of, of Gan Eden. Gan Eden is the afterlife, paradise, Garden of Eden, paradise. And what's the difference between that and Tchias HaMesim? time of the resurrection. And he's going to explain which one is a greater reward. And if they're both reward, why two kinds of rewards? And he's going to explain that the two kinds of rewards are related to two primary, primary elements in our service for Hashem. One is Torah study. And Torah study will b- brings us the reward of Gan Eden. And the other one is mitzvah observance. And the mitzvah observance is going to bring us the reward of the days of Moshiach and Tchias HaMesim. These are the t- two rewards, Torah and mitzvahs. And he's going to explain in the end how the mitzvah of tzitzis is the one mitzvah that encapsulates both Torah and mitzvahs. It's the general mitzvah that includes all the mitzvahs. That's why we find that by tzitzis that God says, what, is, what do we say? You should look at your tzitzis and you'll remember all the mitzvahs. So that's the one mitzvah that that that, that is it's a mitzvah kolelas. It's an it's a, it's an inclusive mitzvah. It includes all of them. That's why this mitzvah has two times ani Hashem I'm referring to the two rewards. That's it. Now you can go home. <laughs> Done. Now, if you want the long version, here we go. Achinek sivit says, some today is the day to do the work. Today in the, is is in, is in the world is in our current world. and tomorrow you'll receive the reward. I know what is the tomorrow? Is two times, as I mentioned earlier. One is the afterlife, that's the tomorrow. For souls, that, that's an afterlife, that's an experience for the neshama, not for the body, because the body is, is kind of out of commission during that period of time. The body is not exactly having, having the nicest time. It's the time period for the soul. Soul is in a blissful, beautiful place. But the other one is Tchias That's already bringing the body back into 
into the um, experience, into the program. But now is the main thing, is when is the main rewarding of reward? What's the main tomorrow, which is the bigger tomorrow? Not the souls in Gan Eden, but is the time of the resurrection. But love, we need to understand what kind of reward is that, the Rebbe say? What kind of reward is it? That the Shamas that have been sitting in Gan Eden, and they're delighting on God, like the Nishamis of Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, which are super powerful um, Nishamis, and they're already in Ganadin for so many years. Moshe of Aaron and Moshe and Aaron, and their likes. This that we're going to send them back down into bodies, and to go and to come back down to live on the face of the earth. Why does he mention the face of the earth? Face of the earth means in the lowest place possible. This earth is the this is rock bottom. So souls finally manage to get out of the body, which is an, an entrapment for the neshama, as will be explained a little bit later. How this is such a low low existence. So they finally manage to leave the body, and not only leave, but to journey higher and higher and higher and higher. The farther they go, the farther from the physical they travel. And the higher they go, the greater their pleasure, and the greater their delight, and the greater their experience. They look back at life on earth as the most pathetic existence possible. And yet here we say that to get the ultimate reward, we'll ship, we'll ship them right back into bodies. It doesn't make any sense. So that's, that's his question. Why would that be a reward? The other question, Why is there so many differences of, of levels? Ganeden Elgin Ganeden Tachten, the lower Ganeden and the higher Ganeden. In other words, the other question is like this: Why do we find that Ganeden is so compartmentalized? Wow! Did I say it bad? Yeah. Start again. What is it? See, it's a hard one. It's a hard one. I always have a hard one with that. Com- compartmentalized. Okay. Why is Ganeden so compartmentalized? Parmentalized. Why is it so individual? Ganeden, we know there are so many chambers of Ganeden. There are so many classrooms in Ganeden. Ganeden is an academy. Everybody studies there. It's a big, big yeshiva. And there's a gazillion classrooms with a gazillion teachers. Uh, it's like a whole. Like a, it's a, uh, and, and, and that's Ganeden. But when it comes to Tchias Amesim, it seems like it's a one size fits all. That's the question. In Ganeden, there are so many levels, elevation after elevation. You go higher and higher. And that's the way it is in Ganeden. It's endless of the various of the states. And, and the Nishamas also, they travel. They're constantly moving. They're constantly lifted. They're picked up from one level and sent to a higher Ganeden. And it's a never-ending, exciting journey. To, 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 they're always curious to know what's going to meet them in the next level. And when they go there, it's like, wow, it blows their mind. And then they're curious to know, what is it going to be beyond? It's an exciting, it's, it, 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 but there's always another level. But Ches HaMesim, but Ches HaMesim is going to be one simple level that seems to be for everybody. But Ches HaMesim will be shavu l'kol Yisrael, and Ches HaMesim is equal to all Jews. K'mayim Rezal, as Chazal say, kol Yisrael yashtam chedek l'olam abba, that all Jews have a chelik l'olam abba, and they don't different. Now, how do you see that Gan Eden is, 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 is individualized? Because we know that Gan Eden, not everybody's worthy. 
and the word and everybody's Ganadin is in accordance to their worthiness. That's the idea. Everybody moves in Ganadin according to their worthiness. And Olam Abba, it says everybody's going to be there. That means it's not judged on some kind of a worthiness. It seems like everybody's worthy. Because if everybody's worthy, Rak is are those that don't have a chelik. It just mentions. Meaning, everybody has a chelik. The only one who doesn't have a chelik to Olam Abba is someone who denies Olam Abba. If you deny Olam Abba, they don't have a chelik in it. But other than that, every person has a chelik in Olam Abba. So you see, every Jew will go there. And the only one that doesn't is that Kofi Betchias HaMesim. Someone denies the resurrection. Mida Kenegid Mida, measure for measure, who Kafar, he, he denied it, he's not going to have it. So it's like really, it's like Hashem wants to, I'm just thinking, it's like the most pathetic thing. For the person who denied Olam Haba, he doesn't get it. So he like remains right. Forever he's right that there's no Olam Haba. Because he never gets there. It's very sad, because God always likes when people are right. Right, this guy's right. He's so insistent in being right that there's no Olam Haba. So for him, there's no Olam Haba, really. So it's really, really frightening. That, that, I mean, he, that he doesn't even have to know that there's Olam Haba for anybody else. He's just so satisfied that he was right, that there was no Olam Haba. Maybe that's his Olam Haba. That he can all his existence re- say that he was right, that there's no Olam Haba. In any case. But everybody else goes to Olam Haba. Meaning to say, it doesn't, it's not based on merit. It seems that every Jew is there. But, his, but Gan Eden, it's a whole different thing. They come up there, it's a whole bunch of questions, you have to go through a trial, to go to Gan Eden, and, and, and based on that, everybody is sent to wherever their worthy level of Gan Eden. So we need to understand why is that. So you have to say that the reward of Gan Eden and Olam Haba are fundamentally different. What is that? So in order to understand that, he's going to explain it now. In order that we should be able to understand what he's going to say to us now, I'm going to give a quick nutshell on, on it. The Rebbe is basically going to explain that we find that the world is filled, existence is filled with pleasure. Life is pleasurable. And the, and the var- variation of ple- ple- pleasure is just unbelievable. We find pleasure in, 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 in all experiences of life, there's ple- pleasure, in, in all aspects of, our, of life. There's pleasure in every single one of our senses. There's pleasure in vision, there's pleasure in, 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 in hearing, there's pleasure, can you explain that? And then there is pleasure in all the physical material in the world is pleasure. Certain things are pleasurable to look at, certain things are pleasurable to taste, to feel. There's such pleasure in everything. There, there is the light, the world is filled with the light. But he's going to explain that all of that is just little crumbs of pleasure. Tiny, tiny, little, 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 little crumbs of pleasure that are scattered. In a sense, he says, all the physical pleasure are derivatives from spiritual pleasure. But the, 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 when we say they're a derivative, is they're so far from their spiritual source, it's like unbelievable. Because the true pleasure is really the pleasure in the divine. Hashem is really pleasure. And in the pleasure of the divine, there's myriads and myriads and myriads of levels of the pleasure of the divine. Ultimately, we come to God Himself. And God Himself is the essence of all pleasure. And that's where, and Hashem, is, he's, like by us, every experience of pleasure, we take pleasure from something. So the pleasure, there's us and there is the pleasure we're getting. But by Hashem, He and His pleasure are one. That means that the ultimate pleasure is God Himself. Not that He is getting pleasure from something. It's the pleasure in Himself. And that's the, that is the, Essence and essence and essence and essence of all pleasure. Now, um, 
the, the, the Rebbe says that um, the, the, he's going to explain how the, the pleasure that is experienced in the, in the lower realm is immense. Immense. But yet, when, when you really evaluate it compared to the, to, to the, true, the true essence of pleasure, not even talking about the essence, essence of essence, the Abishter, the pleasure in God Himself. But we're talking about the pleasures as they manifest in the spiritual realms. The pleasures down here are so laughable, they're so ignorant, it is so pathetic, as I mentioned earlier. It's really a pathetic situation. And yet it drives the whole world crazy. Because what are people driven by in their entire life? Everybody's driven by everybody, but everybody's driven by pleasure. Pleasure is the, everybody's in a, in, a, in a pleasure drive. Pleasure drives the world. Um, the the and that's what that's like the ultimate the ultimate thing that everybody wants. Everybody's everybody wants happiness associated with having pleasure. So they'll have the pleasure from this and pleasure from that and so on and so forth. But the pleasures down here are ridiculously low. True pleasure is the pleasure of God. Now the pleasure of God. The pleasure of God manifests. And, and, and what's the true, true, true ultimate pleasure? Not even the spiritual pleasures above, but to touch the essence of pleasure. And the essence of pleasure is the Abishter himself. Now, where does God make himself available to us? In Torah and in mitzvahs. That's when, through Torah and mitzvahs, we actually access the, the essence of pleasure, which is mucker, not just pleasure, we access makar kalatanugim, the essence of all pleasure. But the Rebbe is going to explain that the essence of all pleasure manifests itself and reveals itself through two and through channels. Two channels. One channel is a is a is a very constricted, constricted, infinitely constricted channel. But it's still it's the essence of pleasure squeezing itself through. This tiny, tiny, little, 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 little narrow channel of pleasure. And that makes up for all the delight and pleasure that there is in all the worlds and in Gan Eden, All the way up to where Moshe Rabbeinu is. To the highest peaks of pleasure. It's all within this tiniest, tiniest little channel of pleasure. Because it adapts itself to be able to be a pleasure of a creation, of a created being. However, that itself has gazillions and gazillions of gradations, of levels, to be able to experience that, that incredible, that, that pleasure. But it's all within that one, in that tiny little, a little, like he's going to explain later, it's like a hair, one tiny little hair of God. It's the essence, it's the mucker, but let's not forget, what's unique about it over all the other pleasure that exists is that this is the pleasure of Hashem Himself. It's makar kalatanugim. It's just squeezing itself through a tiny little tube so that we don't become electrocuted by that pleasure. So that it could be, it could be received. And that's the pleasure and all the reward that is in Ganid. But then there is the unfiltered, un, 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 unchanneled pleasure of God that's not being channeled through the tiny little tube. But it's the pleasure of God in its full expansive state as it is, without any diminishment. That obviously, if we, if we come into contact with it, we can't exist. That's the, we couldn't possibly handle that. Yet, when Moshiach will come, and by the resurrection of the dead, that is going to be made available down here in the physical world.
And that's the reason why all these souls in Gan Eden, who are all climbing within the hair follicle of pleasure, they're all climbing within that one little tube of, of pleasure that's being filtered down through that one little hair, are going to exit the hair and come down here, they're going to exit the hair, and come down in the physical to experience the essence of pleasure unchanneled through the hair, but as it is, which is only going to be available in the physical world as a result of the mitzvah observances that we did. And that's the essence of God, which will be revealed dafka to the physical body down here, through the physical body to the neshama as well. And it will be a miracle that we will survive living in that time, and that intensity of pleasure and delight. And the, Now, these two realms, one of them is the pleasure being a constricted and contracted, kind of to, 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 be, to be compressed into a hair, into that tiny little tube. And the other one being revealed as it is, is stimulated and, and um, we capture it, we draw it down, we bring it, we connect to it through Torah and mitzvahs. Torah is that, Torah is something we understand, we learn, we absorb it. So Torah represents the channel of like the hair of Hashem. Mitzvahs are called garments. So in Torah we're like taking God's hair and using it as a tube and we're drinking His, his brain. We're drinking, we're drinking His light through one hair of Him in Torah. In mitzvahs, we're grabbing God by His garment. And, we're, and just like when you pull someone by the garment, you pull the entire person as they are. Not just their hair. So mitzvahs is infinitely greater. The, mitzv- the reward for mitzvahs is going to be revealed in the physical world. The reward for Torah, which is through the hair, is, revo- is, revo- is revealed in the spiritual worlds in Gan Eden. And, that's, and in tzitzis, you have both, as he's going to see. Because gar- tzitzis is a garment... But tzitzis also has strings, which are the hair. So you see how the tzitzis represent both of these things. Okay, that's the mimer. Now let's read it inside. And the blessing of mitzvahs the sages have instituted that we say, that you have sanctified us with your mitzvahs. Piddish, what does it mean that you have sanctified us? Asher, uloshin tainuk. The word now, the, when you say the blessing of Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, Asher Kedishanu B'Mitzvayso Tzivanu Al Natilas Yadayim. Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam, Asher Kedishanu B'Mitzvayso Tzivanu Lahafresh Chala. Any minute, Baruch Atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Tzivanu Lahadlik Neir Shel Shabbos. Any mitzvah. Think about every word of that. Baruch Awesome. Baruch, especially according to Chasidus, besides meaning blessed, means opening up a flow. Atah you. And then God's name, wow. Elokeinu, our God, unbelievable. Kiddishanu, he made us holy, oh my. Kiddishanu, bimitzvosav, and his mitzvahs, every word is like amazing. There's one word that's like, eh, asher, that's like, okay. Asher means that. Okay, you have to put that that in, because or else the sentence wouldn't work. So you put the word that in. According to, however, the deeper meaning the Alter Rebbe is going to reveal to us, the that is everything. It's not, because the word asher has another meaning besides that. It has a word from the word osher. Osher means satisfaction and praise. There's a shevet that's called shevet asher. 
And the reason why he was called Usher is because his, his mother said, when he was born, she said, now my, not his mother, his, his stepmother, uh, was Rachel or Leah, one of them, I don't know who Usher's mother or stepmother was, Leah or, or Rachel. But one of them said, Ki Yashruni Banais, that, that the women will praise me. So that's praise, and praise comes, praise usually comes when there is pleasure and delight. Something is delightful, you praise. Ah, what a good soup. Ah, what a beautiful presentation. Oh, what a beautiful voice. Praise comes when a person's pleasure is stimulated. So the word asher means, when we spoke about God being the source of all pleasure and all delight, makar kola tanugin, that's the root of all mitzvahs. Where is the mitzvah coming from? It's coming from the infinite ocean of pleasure, which is the essence of all pleasure. That's asher. And from there, kiddishanu, that transcendental, Kodesh means transcendental, that transcendental, untouchable, unconceivable, unknowable pleasure, that's Kodesh, that's so holy, from the Kiddishanu, Hashem sanctified us with a mitzvah that's channeling from that, from that Asher, from that ultimate Osher, from that ultimate um, um, satisfaction of the Ein Sof. That's the mitzvah. And then whatever the mitzvah is that we're doing is that that's connecting us to that place. Pidish asher asher is pleasure. Vo'oisher and 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 satisfaction. Ukamoi ba'ashri ba'ashri ki yeshruni ba. I'm so fortunate. It's like the ultimate fortune. Who makar mitzvahs? And that's the root from where the mitzvahs come from, because the mitzvahs are rooted in God's pleasure. Shasham. It's not only that through the mitzvah. We will get God's. We will get God's pleasure. The mitzvah itself is Hashem's pleasure. The the, 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 the mitzvah is the mitzvah is rooted in Hashem's essence, and and, and 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 this particular act done exactly according to the Torah reveals to us how to do it, is is at the very very core of God's self experience, if you can say. He's experiencing himself in that mitzvah. That's what, because I said earlier that the ultimate pleasure is not pleasure when you're getting it from something other than yourself. He's delighting in himself, and that's the mitzvah. It's his delight in himself, and he shares that with us. Vehu makara mitzvah, and that's the root of all mitzvah. and the shachim from that place they're drawn. Ve'inyan, and the idea is, and look at the mimer. He says ve'yetz le'amet. Ve'inyan, and the idea is like as follows. And obviously, what this in Kabbalah this means, the mitzvahs are rooted in pinimius hakeser. Keser is this is the infinite light of Hashem before it takes on any adaptation, especially pinimius hakeser. The innermost is the is the light of Hashem's very self. The Indian, and, and that's why how many mitzvahs are there? Because since the mitzvahs are rooted in the, God's pleasure, how many mitzvahs are there? The six hundred twenty mitzvahs, six thirteen plus seven rabbinic is gematria keser. So the mitzvahs are the keser, they are the pleasure. So what are mitzvahs? Mitzvahs are pleasure. They're the essence of pleasure. In order for us to appreciate that. So first he says, let's evaluate the whole realm of pleasure and see how important pleasure is. He says, first of all, you should know that the pleasure runs the world. Everything is run on pleasure. And our drive in everything we do is to, is to, is to, is to squeeze the pleasure out of it. We eat, we want to find the pleasure in the eating. We're sleeping, we want to have a comfortable pillow and go, ah, Right? You will get into your car, you want to have a pleasurable ride. People go on vacation so that they can have pleasure. People, uh, anything, everything people do, whatever they're doing, it's all a, 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 a journey into the world of pleasure. 
possessions, right? People buy this, it gives them. All the pleasures, all the physical elements of the world are shuffled, all the lowly physical delights. Like we see, we see there is pleasure in all of our five senses of the soul, there are pleasure. In re'iyah, in seeing, right? So there are pleasure in things to look at. People, the whole, most, so much of the travel industry, people travel across the world to see things. They want to go see a waterfall. They want to go see a beautiful mountains. They want to see the ocean. They want to see everything. People are going for scenery. Like people travel and hike and make themselves crazy. Just they can come to this magnificent vista and stand up there and marvel at the delight and at the pleasure. Then there's pleasure in looking at art. There's pleasure in all these things. So there's pleasure in the eye. Shmiya in hearing. That's the pleasure of music. How much is how much is the how much is money is 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 there in 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 in, in all. In all, how much is 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 there in in the, in the whole world of music? Reach and scent. It's not an area where people spend so much, but think about flowers and also perfumes and so on and so forth. The power of a good fragrance, and actually, when we eat food, a great experience of the of the delight of the food is the smell of the food as well, is the scent. And then there is dibor speech. There is a pleasure in talking. That's why I chose to give a four-hour share. Because I have a pleasure in talking. Um, now this share won't be four hours. This share won't be four hours. But still, there's a pleasure in talking. That's why people talk all the time. And then in and, and in each one of these itself, it's so variable. There's so many different types of pleasure in seeing. Mitsuyurim from seeing different types of art, as we said, paintings, art, this, that. Umaro, said different colors and and how vast and broad is the delight that there is in there's happy tunes, deep tunes, sad like tune, but there's all the pleasure in it. Different types of music, different genres of music. Mikoil Arev, and there is a sweet voice, and there's deep voice, and there's very, very like all these type types, harmonies and so on and so forth. Khushatam and then and the world of taste. How broad is the, is, the, is, is, is the world of taste? From sweet to tart and sour and all the various different tastes in between. Every single one is its own pleasure. It's sweet to the soul. And there's also pleasure, just like in our experiences. So there is ple- there's pleasure in the objects, in the things. In every physical thing in the world, there is a pleasure in it. And now really, where does this all this pleasure come from? Where does the world have all this pleasure? It's really, it's all the, it's really the left, the psolas means the leftovers, and the uh, psolas really means the, the excrements. Excrement, oh, there you go. It's the excrements of... I'm impressed. It's like a, such, a, such an advanced English. It's the excrements of the supernal pleasures. It's literally the excrements. It's the leftovers. Whatever we're experiencing down here is the is is the is basically the the the, the last leftover garbage of pleasure. 
It's literally, it's the garbage of leftover pleasure that's like after it, the pleasure filled all realms of existence, the, 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 literally the peels, if we can say the peels and the shells, it's like you see the onion peels and the stuff that, you know, in a restaurant, they have all the stuff, and then they take the whole, you know, the peels, whatever, all that that came off, and it's all going into the garbage, and the sticking it, it says a stink, and it gets thrown outside. That's really, comparatively, the pleasure that there is in this world. It's the leftover of the world of pleasure, which means that the pleasures as, if we would meet these pleasures in, this, in a higher realm, they're so much more delightful because they're richer because they're closer to their source. The yesh vare, as he says, vide pchenas psoilus atainug, the pchenas psoilus atainug elion, this is the leftovers, the dregs, if we can say. It's the dregs of the supernal pleasure. Vine be'emmes, and in truth, pchenas atainug agashmi, these physical pleasures, hu nimshach me pchenas atainug ruchni. It's actually a derivative from the spiritual pleasures. Al derech maimer results, like the sages say, ein loch esav malmato, she'ein loch mazal malmailo. The sages say that there isn't a blade of grass down here or a herb, grass, vegetable, whatever it is. There isn't any plant in this world that doesn't have a spiritual source above. That that spiritual source above, is it's like the spiritual grass, spiritual plant. And that's the source from where this grass is receiving all of its properties. It's receiving all of its, all of its characteristics and all of its properties it's all derived from the spiritual, the spiritual grass that's, that's, that's up there. And so just like we say that's in regarding to the actual grass itself, that the physical, physical being, nothing starts in this world. Everything in the material is just a, 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 a um, I want to say, it's just a manifestation, a, a earthy manifestation of some kind of a, of a spiritual heavenly Existence that is, it parallels it. But just like it is with the substance of the physical to the substance of the spiritual, it also relates to the pleasure that's in that physical plant. So the pleasure, for instance, that there is in this delicious cherry, right, the pleasure that there is first exists on a higher plane in the spiritual cherries. But there, the, the spiritual cherry's pleasure is a far more greater pleasure. Than the, phys- than the physical earthy pleasure. It basically becomes tr- very, very dramatically downgraded and diminished and weakened by the time it gets into that physical. It, and as we said earlier, it's like, considered like the peel. It's really where is the sweetness of this physical plant coming from? Let's say a sugar plant. Where is it coming from? Where is the sweetness? There's a sweetness, a spiritual sweetness above. Hamakeu, that's hitting it, Meaning it's umegadloi, and it is causing the physical plant to grow with its pleasure element. Ubeemes, and in truth, This is only the dregs from the spiritual pleasure. That's the origins of this physical thing. Now, really, okay. So the, the, the truth is like this: you have the physical pleasure down here, then you have the spiritual origins of all plants, which have a much richer pleasure. But even they are just the dregs. Even the spiritual, that's what I think he means. Even the spiritual plants above, the spiritual fruits, vegetation, and up there, they're also just the dregs of a more sublime pleasure, which is the pleasures that there are for the souls in Gan Eden. 
When the soul's in Gan Eden, they're directly receiving pleasure from the radiance of the Shekhinah. And that pleasure is immensely, immensely richer than the pleasures that there are in the more external spiritual worlds, which are full of spiritual delights, but they're not the pure delight of Ziva Shekhinah. Which the Neshamnes are delighting and, 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 and finding pleasure in the Ziva Shekhinah, the radiance of the Shekhinah. Shuhunifla, which is a, it's, it's a wondrous, wondrous pleasure that we can't even imagine. Because in general, our physical world is the lowliest of worlds. What does it mean, the lowliest of the worlds? It means that the godly element, the divine, is the most constricted and the most limited and the most hidden. Now since Hashem is the vibrancy of the world, He's the juice of life, He is life, Hashem is that, and therefore we can understand that pleasure, which is more spiritual, is related to the spiritual energy, so we can understand that in this world where the divine power is the most blocked and the most concealed, so we can understand that the pleasure element, which is rooted in the Abish there, is also the most diminished down here. That's why it says that a person would give away, the sages say, number one, they say that it's that one minute, one hour in Gan Eden is worth more than all the pleasure there is to experience in this entire world. That means if one human being would live from Adam Arishon's days until today, and walk around all day tasting every gourmet food and every experience of pleasure all day long from today till tomorrow and have every pleasure available to them and literally have tasted and experienced every experience gone on every bungee jump uh, thing and on every roller coaster (laughs) and every kind of thrill and every kind of uh, amusement and any kind of delight, every single pleasure that the sum totality of the physical experience has to offer, one hour in Gan Eden is more than all of that. Because the level of pleasure is so, is so, excuse me, otherworldly, right? It is so beyond that it make, that this whole phenomenon of pleasure down here is so silly, so to speak, compared to the pleasure up there. Its entire existence is olam shuffle. It's a lonely world. Shalokus, where the divine energy, who behel and behester gadol, is very concealed and very obscured. Al derech mashal klipes aperi, and he gives an example that our world is considered the shell. This is the shell. It's like this, the shells of a fruit. Shemasteris leperi that that covers the fruit. So um, eat. Um, I don't know what kind of what kind of what kind of uh, 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 and any fruit. Or any fruit, or let's say, in an orange, for instance. So an orange has pleasure, a good tangerine. Now, chew on the, on the, you don't have the fruit, all you're given is just the potato peel. All you're giving is just the orange peel. Now, obviously, it resembles the orange, but it's a very, very far cry from the orange itself. It's only the peel. This world is the peel to the higher realms, it's the outer peel. Now it's more than that. Now, see, the peel, you can mention the peel for two things. The peel does two things. Number one, it's the external part. But number two, the peel hides, you don't see the fruit. So this is a world that hides. You don't see the divine energy. And therefore, even though a tiny little bit of the divinity leaks through into the thing, so you have a little, a little bit of the pleasure 
is still experienced in the physical world, but since it's blocking and obscuring God, we would say that 99.9999, whatever, of the pleasure is blocked in the physical. And therefore, because God is blocked, therefore everything is over here is experienced as a something. One of the main fundamental differences between why the higher realms are so much richer than, 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 than this world, than the physical world. Why, why is this world considered like a whole different level? Because we're going to see in a moment, it's like the spiritual worlds are not, even though there's levels upon levels upon levels, but they're still all considered, there's like a, there is like a continu- continuity. There's a continuation from one level to the other. This world is considered like a breakaway, like something totally separated. And the reason for that is because in this world, things appear to be things, which is the most ridiculous, insane thing, is that things are things. In the higher realm, like water over here is water. So even if you, a cup of water, especially when you're hot and exhausted, it's refreshing, it's a cold cup of water, it's like, ah, definitely has a pleasure to it. But in this world, the pleasure is from the cold water. The moment we break out of those clouds and we go into a more spiritual existence, water, there's water up there. If there's water down here, there's water. There's water up there. The water down here is only a condensation, what's the word? Condensed, a condensation, what's the word? A condensement. Oh no, what's I'm looking for? No? A condensation. So how do I say that? Okay. Um, Whatever it is, the, 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 so obviously it exists in a higher world, but what is fundamentally different? Fundamentally different is, is that in the spiritual world, even the lower spiritual worlds, water is not seen as water. It's seen as the Eberster's kindness. Water is kindness. It's seen as an extension of God. It's God's energy. Every creature and every being is seen as an expression of something of the divine. So no matter, and obvious, so therefore it's not, therefore it's so much more in tune with the source of where the pleasure is coming from, because the pleasure is coming from God. So when God, for instance, uh, uh, is making water, or brings about water, since the water as it is in a spiritual world is, a, is, a, is an expression of something of God, so that's why it's 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 still connected to its to 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 God, who is the who, and Hashem is the root of all pleasure. So the pleasure element is so much more felt in the water. The moment the moment we transition into this f- physical world, water stops being God's chesed. Water stops being a substance, a thing. And so there, the, and that's why this world is called appeal. A shell, a shell that covers and conceals. So things, stuff start becoming stuff. Everything is a thing. And therefore, the, the apple is an apple. It's no more an expression of the Eberster's Masikos of Tapuach, whatever it means in divine, in the divine realm. It's completely disconnected. So the pleasure in it drops dramatically. The pleasure level. That's why the pleasures of this world are so silly. Because the stuff in this world becomes stuff, and only in our world can you look at things not as a flow of Hashem, 
But as things, that's where it becomes so stiff, rigid, and in a sense dead, that it's almost like everything in this world is just a corpse. It's without life, because it's not, you don't see it's pulsating from its source, a continuation of its source. And in that sense, everything in this world, the pleasure of it is so minuscule. So, that's what I mean, it's interrupted from what was before, and that's why it's called psolas. So now, um, he says, and everything that's in it, Master Chaya Seloki conceals the divine energy. Venira Hakoil and everything appears to be Liyash Vidavar. Everything appears to be a something, an existence. The Alkain, that's the world as we know it today. But once the physical world is going to be attached to God, once the physical world is going to be expressive of Hashem, not concealing of Hashem, then the world will be filled with pleasure, but not plain pleasure. Then the pleasure that's going to be in the... In other words, this world is going to experience the greatest metamorphosis possible, Sheba possible, Sheba possible from the most reduced pleasure, that the pleasures in this world are so pathetic, to the highest, deepest, most profound pleasure possible that transcends all spiritual worlds. Because once we attach the physical world no more to serve as a, as a blockage, but as a conduit for Hashem, and in the physical there's something about God's essence that's revealed, that's not revealed in the spiritual worlds, whoa, 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 whoa. But, but... Since the very definition of this world is that it's a klipa and a, and a the yesh of the, the fact that things appear to be as something, as stuff, rather than just waves of divine energy, the fact that things in this world seem to be things, right? That 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 kind of world is going to dissolve when Mashiach comes. That's why it speaks about when Mashiach will come and, and after the Giyula, it speaks about there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. The earth as we know it and the heavens as we know it are going to go up in smoke. What does that mean? They're going to dissipate. Now let's not change. We're going to be the same physical human beings. But the experience of ourselves and the experience of everything around us is going to be so... Uh, so magnificently transformed, so dramatically transformed, because as the world again, because how, how did he say what's the nature of the world now? Is that it's a klipa on on a lakus. It's a it's a it's a block on Hashem. It's a world full of yesh. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be expressed to only one yesh. There's only one being. Yesha Amiti, the true being, is going to express himself in the in the yesh of the of the davar gashmi. It's going to be an expression of a god. When Mashiach will come. And the spirit of impurity. What's the spirit of impurity? Impurity is the idea that it blocks and conceals God. So that is going to be removed from the earth. It's going to be like a new heaven. It's going to be a new heaven. And a new, and a new earth. What's the difference between that earth and our earth? Very different. Very, very simple. What the next words it says in the Pasuk. What's going to be the content of the new heaven and the new earth? How is it going to change? One thing, it will be seen in heaven and earth that it's I myself, God's very essence, I am making it. As opposed to heaven and earth now, 
that it appears to be as stuff, as things, as independent as, uh, uh, objects and entities. That's not going to be anymore. And on the heavens that we have now, that the heavens are going are gonna to dis- dissipate like smoke. The heavens of now means the heavens of Klippa, the earth of Klippa, that's going to disintegrate. And suddenly a whole new heaven and earth is going to be realized in front of us. And then we're going to experience the, this transformation from the weakest, as we said earlier, from the weakest pleasure to the highest level of pleasure. So much so that all the neshamas that have reached within Gan Eden, which is not just the pleasure of the spiritual world, but the pleasure of the Ziva Shechina, and within that ray, they've traveled already three and a half thousand years, higher and higher and higher and higher, and endlessly. they're going to leave that place to come back down in the physical world to experience pleasure as it is down here, because only the physical will convey so high, the essence of Hashem. Now, but now that Rebbe is not dealing with the new heaven and the new earth, he's going back to the earth as they are currently, and the heavens as they are current, the, 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 the physical as it is currently. As it is currently, it has tiny little sparks of pleasure that we are crazy about because we don't know anything better than that. And the whole world is obsessed with, but, it's, but the Rebbe is now going to explain how pathetic they are. And all the levels of pleasure that there is in the physical world, is only from the dregs of the supernal pleasure. Canal. This is what the sages say in Perikama de Tainus. That the land outside of Eretz Yisrael, Shoisa drinks, Mitamtsis Eretz Yisrael. The sages are really saying, Eretz Yisrael is a tiny little speck on the map. Yet it says like this, that God, when He gives rain, who is He giving? The weather system, when the Abishta sets up rain, who is He setting up the, the weather system for? For Eretz Yisrael. That's it. Ah, so once that's his panemius of his kavana, and, and the rest of the world, where do they get their rain? Their whole water and everything, their whole um, 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 irrigation and, and, and rains that are coming to all of, 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 of the rest of the globe, it's all to support Eretz Yisrael's weather. So I mean, to say Eretz Yisrael, the Iker, which he's using that, what is he using that? He's using that for the general idea when we say Eretz Yisrael represents the Olamos of Kedusha, the realms of holiness, that's where God is really investing His true pleasure and delight. And whatever is trickling down to the rest of the world is only from the leftovers. So this idea, outside of it, it drinks. It means it gets, and water we know, makes everything grow, which means makes all of the pleasure. That's why I think He's bringing the marshal from rain because in Tanya we learn that water is considered, is, the, is related to pleasure, because water makes all pleasurable things grow. In order for things to grow, you need, which is, which is where the pleasure comes from. It's all from the water element. So where does the Chutzliyaris get its waters from? Betamtsus Eretz Yisrael, from what's really given to Eretz Yisrael. And this is what it says, V'chol karav Yashem kachet. Now this idea, that the pnimius of the pleasure, goes to the higher realms and the leftover dregs of the pleasure is what gets channeled and dumped, so to speak, down here. This idea is, happens through a filtering system that there is in the upper realms. There is a powerful filter, filtering system 
What's the filtering system? Um, uh, what's the filtering system that there is? Um, the filtration system uh, that there is is that we, 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 we use the example of from a human body. Um, and the human body takes food, so we, 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 the, 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 there is a, 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 a filter, a, 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 um, a built-in system that God built into the person, and that's the, digestion, the digestive organs. And what do they do? They act as a separator. They take out all the nutrients and all the good stuff from the food, and they absorb it into the various different parts of the body, the bones, the blood, the flesh, whatever, whatever is good in the food that you eat, and then the leftovers, the junk, gets rejected from the body. Um, so just like there is down here a, a... Just like there is down here, there is a, a digest... A, a organs of digestion... There is cosmic, there is a cosmic digestive system. There's literally a cosmic digestive system, and it's made up of angels. And they serve as God, and so to speak, as the stomach, as the cosmic stomach. And what they do is they filter. When God's pleasure fills the, fills the universe, they absorb the higher nutrients of that pleasure, the higher elements of the pleasure, and they deliver it to the more supernal realms, to the higher Ganadans, and so on and so forth. Whatever of it is the leftovers, they dump down here in this world. And really it goes through a whole system. It gets passed from world to world. Whatever is considered dense and thick and too, 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 too already uh, dregs for a higher realm becomes the source of food. It's like a food chain. It becomes the food for the next level. And then finally, finally, it goes down, 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 down. And the dregs of the dregs of the dregs of the dregs of the dregs end up down here in this world as beautiful, delightful cherries and apples. <laughs> so what we're really receiving is the bottom of the food chain. What? Um, we'll stop in a minute. There are angels that are called the, the stomach. They separate the hashpa of pleasure, they are similar to the stomach, which within the stomach of a person, that's where the food gets, um, that's where the food gets digested. The best of the, of the food becomes blood, and it goes into the heart. And it enlivers the body. That's what happens. You eat food, what happens? The, 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 the good of the food, the nutrients, gets taken in the body, goes into the blood. And the leftover drags, gets pushed outside. The body gets rid of it. So it is above. There are angels. They're the ones who, 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 who purify. They're the ones who filter the tide. The tainugapnimi, the internal pleasure, nimshach beganeden, that is drawn into ganeden, into the uh, into the worlds and the supernal worlds of pleasure. The apsoiles and the leftovers, nimshach ayadeishdalshulus, goes through a whole process of a digestion from level to level to level to level, 
And always the good of it is delivered to, to, that, to that world, to that Ganeidin, because Ganeidin exists on many levels. And the dumpster, the leftover, the garbage gets sent out. Through the mazolos, through the constellations. And then it comes all the way down here below. We turn over the page. To be enclosed in physical things, kesev is of silver and gold. Ah, so that's the rest of the world. And this is what... But how about the good stuff? How about the stuff that are not at all... That are light years, gazillions and gazillions of light years above this world. Levels and levels so, so far away. Which means they never make it down here. The innermost of the pleasure. Does anybody have access to that? Yeah, we say it in Birchaz Kahanim. Yo'er Hashem ponov elecha. Hashem will shine His panemius to you. To the rest of the world, He gives just the junk, leftover junk. To you, the Jewish people, through your observance of mitzvahs, Yair Hashem, Hashem illuminates panav, is panemius of His pleasure, elecha to you. From the innermost of the supernal pleasure, Shemeyer b'Torah mitzvahs, that is illuminated in Torah mitzvahs, that's what we're receiving from the most inner, 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 inner dimension of the divine pleasure. The ayim inya v'chol karavai b'zayir chadash aleph tavlech l'cha tav peizayin amad aleph b'parades erech karavai. I'm looking these two places where we discuss this whole filtering system of the karavai. What was your question? That's right. I'm saying, yeah, it's that's that's right. It's 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 when we would realize. So, in a sense, it becomes pathetic to enjoy the pleasures because we should we should occupy ourselves in in connecting higher. Even though, as we're moving through life, it's it's, it's okay to uh, to as long as we're experiencing the abishter in these things. The main thing is that we don't get distracted by the physical pleasures. We use them to serve Hashem, and next, we don't put all our we don't put our our effort and energy into the pursuit of that because that's a distraction from he's going to talk about that in the end of the Meir and this is why the sages tell us by Rabbi Akiva an amazing story one time Rabbi Akiva and his colleagues they lived at the time of the destruction of the Beis HaMedov and Rome had just committed the worst atrocities any people have ever committed and yet Rome, it took a while till Rome collapsed. In the end, they had their punishment. They were completely destroyed. The Roman Empire collapsed. But it took quite a while. Rabbi Kiva lived 50 years afterwards, and he himself was murdered by the Romans in the most brutal way, him and his, so many of his friends. Yet, at that time, after, it was already 50 years after Rome did the worst thing, killed hundreds of thousands or maybe millions of Jews, and destroyed the temple, and yet they were living it up. And the wealth of Rome was unbelievable. And they, are a bit, and they knew how to party, the Romans. So one time Rabbi Akiva and his friends were, were walking and they suddenly heard, maybe it was at night, and they heard the discos of Rome, the partying, the celebrations. They saw the fireworks. It was happening. You can hear it from miles away. You can hear the pleasure cries of what was going on in that parties in Rome, what was going on over there, the richness, the wealth, the enjoyments, the music, the experience. Stood, the friends of Rabbi Akiva started crying. And Rabbi Akiva was laughing. So the friends of Rabbi Akiva said to him, 
And he said to them, why are you laughing? They couldn't understand why he's laughing. Kiva said, why are you crying? They said, because these are the guys who are, did this and they're still... It's like when Jews still watch Germany and say, these guys did what they did and they still did not get their, their punishment. They never got payback for what they've done. The Nazis for what they've done. So, so uh, this is Rabbi Kiva's student. say, how can it be Romans that done something like this and they still have not been punished? It hurt them. So much pleasure. And then they asked Rabbi Kiva, why are you laughing? So Rabbi Kiva said, it's, it's amazing. If to those who transgress his will, it is so, how much more so to those who do his will? So Rabbi Kiva is saying that if to those who transgress his will, can, can yet, because they're living in God's world, though even those who transgress his will, can, it can be um, uh, given so much pleasure. How much more so those who are living to do his will. So from, from, from watching their, their pleasure... Rabbi Akiva got an estimation of the, the pleasure and the delight and the unbelievable satisfaction there is to the Jewish people and to the ultimate experience of Israel when Mashiach will come or even the experience of, of Yidin when they go to Gan Eden or whatever it is. That's just incredible. But what is the deeper meaning? It's not, oh, if those that are bad, God gives pleasure. Rabbi Akiva was saying, take a look. These people that transgress God's will, where does pleasure come from? Pleasure is the divine. If in the places that transgress and cut themselves off completely from God, yet because there's a little divine energy in them, think about it, they cut themselves off because they're acting contrary to God's will. So they're cutting themselves off completely from God. Really they should be obliterated out of existence. For whatever reason, they're still hanging by a thread and they're still existing and thriving. Yet from that thread, one tiny little thread of a thread of, of divinity, there is so much pleasure that can be squeezed out of it to create such a party. How much more so those that are not hanging on to God by a thread of a thread, but by those that are connected to the thick, thick cords of rope to Hashem through Torah and mitzvahs, the 613 strands or, or, or conduits, and therefore are plugging in infinitely higher. Can you imagine how delightful and pleasurable that is? True down here in this world, Chazal says, There is no reward in mitzvahs in this world. We don't know it. We don't see it. But it's yet to be revealed. That's the idea. It will be revealed. From the amount of pleasure that he saw in those that transgressed, he got an inkling, so much so, that it caused them to laugh. That they're filled with all good. And they're sitting in tranquility. And a great tranquility. He laughed and he said, if to those who transgress his will, there is so much pleasure. To those who do his will, how much more so? From this itself, you can recognize how his greatness is completely unfathomable. Why? Because if a tiny bit of dregs, if the dregs of him cause such a party, this is only the dregs. Can, 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 can you imagine what the, what the, what, what, what the, the panemius is? If this is the psolas, if this is just the, gar, the, the leftover, the droppings. If the leftovers, the dregs of the supernal pleasure that 
that fell down in the klipas. This is just the leftover of the leftover. Who Godel kol kach is so great. Allah has come of a kama, how much more so, those who do his will. Which, as we said before, in Torah mitzvahs, Hashem has invested pnimius tainuga elian, the innermost of the supernal pleasure. Hameyer betayro mitzvahs, that is shining in Torah mitzvahs, shuhurav atzum, it is so abundant and it is so powerful and it is so great. So this is this is what Rabbi Kiva's chesed. Question, however, is true? It's just a leftover pleasure. It's leftover. But what are they even doing at all? What are they even doing at all in God's kingdom? If they're wicked and bad. Okay, you're saying that they're outside the palace. Even like, uh, the, 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 the example, right? The king throws a big party. Throws a big party. And from the, as the party is being, as the party is happening, um, there are, obviously, you have the finest chefs and cooks that are cooking up the party. So at night, they take the garbage out, throw it in the dumpsters. Come certain... Um, Creatures, whether dogs, cats, but sometimes even bugs, and they climb into the flies. Let's say the flies, and they climb into the into the garbage, and they have a party there. Because she's such a party, so this is like wow! Like all the flies in town are coming to the garbage dumps next to the palace. The biggest garbage dumps. They take them far away. Let's say fine, but still, it's the biggest garbage because you have the most food over there, and they come and they party there. But the question over here is, that's because the king can't get rid of the flies. Because a king, a human king, can't get rid of the flies. But in God's, all his kingdom. So even the leftovers, what are they doing there? How does he even left how does he even let the klipa receive from the leftover? What are the why are the klipa even here? As he says, the how can they even touch godliness? Even the leftovers. If they transgress his will, again, what are we saying? We say they're transgressing his will. So he should obliterate, they, they, they should become completely disconnected from him and be completely obliterated. Let it be whatever it is. Let's say it's the leftovers. But you're giving them something. Or I think the question is kind of, bottom line, these guys angered God. They destroyed his base image. They killed all these Jewish people. So they're wicked. They're bad. So what? You're saying, Hashem says, I'm not going to give them the nice, the real, I'm giving them only the leftovers. But why are you giving them the leftovers? They shouldn't get anything. Why is it Magia something? Nothing to them. The answer is, This is like the statement of Shlomo HaMelech, Because these, because they are so insignificant, because they are so nothing, these klipos, these forces of evil, in God's eyes, they are so not, from the ultimate scheme of things, they are so unimportant and insignificant. It's as if they literally are in fear, and therefore there is no one really out to chase and destroy them. I mean, ultimately, we know that Klippa is going to be destroyed. But the fact that we're not, they're not destroyed immediately is because they don't occupy any space above. They're so Utterly nothing. Where's the example for that? 
the, 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 the darkness, the forces of evil, all that, it's nothing. It's, they're so insignificant. What is the example of that? The example of that, Shlomo Melech says that spiders annoy people. No one likes to live in a, in a house with spiders, right? No one likes to live with a spider. And especially, this, uh, you know, a person has a, lives in a small little house, uh, you know, a one-bedroom studio, and there's a spider there. You get rid of it very quickly because you have nowhere else to go. You can't go sleep somewhere else because it's like there's only one place. But the one place that spiders kind of have, no one chases them out, are in the kings, in the palaces of kings. Because it's so huge, it's so vast, that they find themselves a little corner, no one even notices them. Because in the vastness of the palace, the little corner isn't noticed. If it's a small, tiny little house, so where every, every, every little inch is noticed because it's small, so the spider is going to be noticed immediately and the, and the, uh, the woman is going to grab the broom and get rid of the spider. But in a vast, vast world, in a vast palace, so let the spider be, no one cares about it. So it's not like God doesn't know of the tiny little things, but because of their insignificance of them, so let me put it, let me change the marshal. Yeah, the grand, grand ballroom, when the great, great party is happening, and all this food, and incredible what the king spent to, to entertain his guests that he loves, that are his people, whatever, his friends and so forth. And the fact that some little crumbs fall down, and quietly, when no one notices, the spider crawls up and grabs a little crumb and takes it to its own corner and feasts on it for, you know, for, 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 for a couple of days and calls his friends over and they're having a little party. It's utterly insignificant. And that's what Rabbi Akiva is saying when he saw that whole party happening in Rome. That's what it is. It's a crumb of a crumb of a crumb of divine pleasure that they've pulled away in that corner and they're partying on. It's nothing. As he says, again, a spider is grabbed by every hand, by trapped by every hand. And yet, she marches around in the, in the chambers of kings. Daske in a king's palace is where she can find Menucha. Uh, she can find herself space that no one, no one notices her. So that's what he's saying. Dafka, because of the vastness of God, the small little nothing is insignificant. The darkness and light is equal before him. Okay. But the tachlis, you read the zoo. But it still doesn't answer a question. Ultimately, the question. Because you can still ask why did the Abishter still create ultimately the spider? <laughs> In the king, right? By the king's, um, by by a king, a physical boss of Adam. Okay, there are spiders in the world. Well, where is the spider? Because the king is so is so large, so big, so vast, the spider goes unnoticed. But by God, everything is created by Him. Everything comes from Him. So why create this spider to have his v'tachlis? You read the zoo. So really the, the tachlis of this Yerida, what's the Yerida? That the Abishter lowered down a crumb of a crumb of a crumb of his infinite pleasure. And with that little tiny crumb, he created a physical world. 
and in that physical world filled it with, I'm sorry to use, I'm going to make a, a silly, silly one now, but it's a good one. Okay. <laughs> I'm building this silly thing up so much that it's going to be even sillier now. In this tiny little world to create, okay, now I'm, going to, I'm going to do a scafia, I'm not going to say it. Such a crummy pleasure. <laughs> I was gonna laugh. It is okay. <laughs> it's crummy pleasure. It's a crumb of pleasure. And it's crummy compared to all the delights that are up there. Tachlis here the zoo. So what's the tachlis? Why did the Abers to do this? Now if Hashem wants to give us pleasure, let me put it this way. If Hashem wants to share his, his, his delight with us, with those that are dear to Him, if God wants to share it, good. So let, us put us, let Him put us initially in a world of godly delight and fill us with more delight. Okay, He wants to make us work for it, let us give us some work to do. But what's this whole idea of putting us into such a deceptive world? Where, where, where the pleasure of this world seems to be the true reality, and why would he? Why, why does he put us into the most, into the most, as we said before, the most constricted, the most limited, the most insignificance of existence, and to 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 to, to be faced with things that are so, so, to be driven crazy. Really, it's what it is. We're being driven crazy by things that are so insignificant and unimportant. It's really torture. It's psychological torture. What is he teasing us? What's the point of it? What's the point of putting us in a world? He does know what pleasure is. So what is he playing a game with us? Why is the Abishter playing a game with us by putting us into a world where the pleasure element is so non-direct, it is so... The back of the back of the back of the back of the back. What's the point? So the Rebbe says an interesting thing. He says that um, the, 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 the appreciation of light comes only from darkness. And therefore, for us to get a true appreciation for true pleasure, which is the pleasure that is in Ganeiden and the pleasure that there is in the, of the divine, we first have to experience imitation pleasure, fake pleasure, crummy pleasure. And only after we get that pleasure and we chase it and chase it and chase it and we chase it up and down and we find it that it's not satisfying. And that's what really happens to people. Is that they, they, they people, that's what happens to all of us. We get, we, we, we come in here, we start getting excited about the various different things and the end we hit a dead end. It doesn't really take us anywhere. Okay, more pleasure, more, but it's not going anywhere. And at, and, and at that moment, something, there's a certain realization that happens. Not necessarily everybody understands what's going on, but what's really going on is that we start yearning for something higher, otherworldly, that this world will not satisfy. But that will only come after we taste, the, and after we're, we're driven. See, the Abishta made this world in an interesting way. On the one hand, it's very alluring. And it's very enticing. And the pleasures of it are very, are very, uh, uh, very distracting. And they catch us again and again and again. 
but he also planted in it the the idea that it's not like you you can get lost in it and really think that all that that's all that there is. It doesn't work that way. That's why you find that people that have everything and they and they and they just they're, they're so they're so uncomfortable, especially if they're Jewish. They're so dissatisfied, even though they have everything, they have all the money in the world that can give them everything. And yet they're, 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 they, they, they need to go to therapy. They need, they, they need they're, 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 because there's something inside of them that's not being satisfied. And that's because essentially they're spiritual souls trapped in a physical existence. And therefore, and therefore the, more, the more physical pleasure that there is, therefore, no, 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 we, we, there, there's another one here. There's, there's another one over here. That's where I left that one over there. Yossi, Yossi. You can leave that one because we have the one over there. Um, the, 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 so that's the idea. And this is similar to what the sages say. Oh, I made a mistake. Uh, let's go back to the line here. The ultimate of the purpose of this Yerida. Is that we experience light only from darkness. With all your heart, with all your inclination. What does that mean? Is that you should start loving Hashem with even your Yetzirah. That means there's a certain point where your Yetzirah gets fed up with another, with another piece of uh, sushi. It's at a certain point, even the Yetzirah realizes this is not life. And it, and it realizes there's something deeper and higher and it wants something more. And that's the thing. And when it's frustrated, it's yearning for, for light and for true meaning and true pleasure and true, a deeper godly pleasure becomes so intense that it is, it, 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 it's that intense yearning that is created dafka when the neshama is, is 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 dafka when we're 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 first um, uh, we're first tricked, so to speak, by the pleasures of this world. It's only this imitation of pleasure that we get down here that triggers a a yearning in the soul that's so intense. That's the idea of a balchuva. A balchuva is a person that has first been in the wrong thing. And then they're now turning around and doing tshuva. So the Rebbe is explaining that every, we, the only reason God created the low world is so that He can take spiritual beings, neshamas and holy souls, and put them in here so that we can become balei tshuva. In other words, we can experience the yearning for Him by tasting things that are cut off from Him. What did we say earlier in the Mimer? The thing that, that what, what, what dominates, what, what characterizes our world is that it, stuff becomes stuff, become things. So we, we're experiencing the pleasure of something that's not God. And the truth is, the only reason it's pleasurable is because it is Hashem. Because Hashem is in it. But the, 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 the pleasure as it's experienced in this world is non-godly. It's like from things that are non-godly. And when we, are, we get fed up with it, and it doesn't satisfy us, then we yearn with a type of yearning that we can never have, and we become a baltruva. And only after that can we, learn, can we learn Torah and do mitzvahs. This world is the only setting in which Torah and mitzvahs, which is the ultimate pleasure, can be given to us. 
Because only in this world do we become vessels for that pleasure. What's the vessel for that pleasure? A infinite yearning. And the infinite yearning is created through frustration. Without frustration, you don't become, you can't expand so much. In other words, if you give someone a little bit of light, and you say, oh, there's a little more. So they'll have an appetite, they'll want more. You give them more, they'll have an appetite, they'll want even more. Give them more, they'll want even more. But it won't be infinite. But when you frustrate them, you frustrate them, that's when they're, that frustration. That's what kills. So basically God created this world, it teases us. It teases us with all of its, with all of its delights, but it's never satisfying, and it's never fulfilling. And when a person is merits to, to break out of that, and realize that at a certain time in their life, hopefully we can start very young, that this is not it. We've at least created a, a yearning and a thirst. Then he feeds us the ultimate pleasure, which is Torah mitzvahs, as he says over here. Kemaimer, as the sages say, in the place where the Balchuva, the penitent, stands, even the perfect tzaddik doesn't stand. Because the perfect tzaddik was always in the world of divine pleasure. He's not coming from the other side. Ki menehepech dafka al derech mashal dafka from the opposite. Shemetchilo nehen emetanugei oilam hazeh. First, it's a person who's gotten lost, who 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 mistook the pleasure of this world as something of significance, of something of 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 real substance. So when a person first delights of this world, tiyachak and as we said earlier, it's not fulfilling. This creates a power, a stronger, a, a more intense cry, with an added vigor, and that is the ma'otcha, ma'otcha, with all your ma'od, ma'od means so much, meaning, sages say, love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your much, much means beyond your boundaries, infinite. Beligvul, it's a yearning that's limitless. Vizausha Amar, and this is the Pasik says, Nafshi Ivisicha, my soul yearns for you when? Balaila by night. What's what why doesn't my soul yearn for you by day? By day means when there is light. When there is light, okay. We're, we're accustomed already to, to godliness. We want more godliness, but we're we don't have the frustration. But Balayla, by night, when it's dark, our world is considered a dark world because it's a world that obscures and covers God. And, 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 and the pleasures are all, and the pleasures of this world are all overrated. We have them and then, eh, eh, it didn't, it's not, it's not, it never, it's never satisfied. In this world, that's compared to a night. From the darkness, Misham ye Yisrin this will create the added light. What's the added light? That brings us to not measured love, it brings us to unmeasurable love, meaning unmeasurable yearning. Hanal. Um, the gam kamashikasamakamachar, so now he says in the parentheses. So that's that's the second, that's the that's why the Abishta, what he's basically saying is, why couldn't God put us on a planet where we, and give us Torah mitzvahs? And, and, we, would, and we would just enjoy Torah mitzvahs and have it and enjoy it. Why can't he put us there? Why do they have to put us in this world? 
is because dafka this world sets the stage for the Torah and mitzvahs to be able to be delivered. Because in order for the Torah and mitzvahs to be able to come to us, we need to have an open vessel that's open for the infinite. And to be open for the infinite means you have to have that frustration and that burning of a desire to break out of this, to go over there. And that makes us open for him to give us his real pleasure. That's the first thing he says. Now in the parentheses, he explains it a little differently. Similar, but a little differently. It's also like it's stated elsewhere. There's two types of pleasure to the king. You see, the first explanation was an explanation from our end. What do we gain by being in this world? What we gain by being in this world is that only in this world can we really truly yearn for Hashem. If we wouldn't be in this world, we would all be tzaddikim. We wouldn't be bali tshuva. And the Abishta created us in this world so we can become Bali Chuv. The second, the second Indian is he looks at it from God's perspective. There's two types of pleasure before the king. One pleasure that the Abishta has is from doing mitzvahs. And for that, God wouldn't have to, for that, Hashem wouldn't have to put us in this world. For that, Hashem could have given us mitzvahs in a more spiritual state. Vasheini and the second one, when a king is reunited, when he sees his child who has been very far from him coming back home from a distant land. There was a lot of time that he didn't see him. And when the king sees his child, the king becomes filled with pleasure and delight. And so it is with tshuva, that the Abishter has a delight when he hasn't seen us for a while. Why hasn't he seen us? Because we're not looking at him because we are distracted by all Narishkeit of the world. And then when we finally have an awakening and we turn around and we cry for God, that's the biggest celebration by Hashem when Hashem is returning. It's a pleasure. It's a deep... Huh? Yes. True, you're right, especially for so long. I'm with you. I agree with you. That's why he gave the first example as well, the first pirush. The first pirush is from our perspective, that we gain from it tremendously because only through that do we become a, an expanded vessel to be able to receive. Now he's saying on his end as well, he gets an extra delight from us coming from the, coming from the darkness and reuniting with him. Kachanim shul and that's also another reason, just like it is in general with Hashem and us. The same is also when Hashem descended, he says. When Hashem lowered down the supernal pleasure, Lamata down here, and the shattering of the vessels. That's the process through which the divine pleasure falls down low, low, low into this world. That by Hashem lowering the pleasures down here, they will act as as it will bring God to the second pleasure, al tshuva. Because we, the only reason we do tshuva is because we're running, we keep on running and we hit dead ends. That's what happens. We run down this and we think this will make us happy. 
a new job, a new profession, a new this, a new, new group of friends. I'll move to a new town. I'll meet new people. I'll do this. I'll make a lot of money. I'll go on my first cruise. I'll go on this vacation. I'll see uh, Europe. I'll go to Switzerland. I'll go to them. I'll, I'll finally have my, this. I'll have my dream house. I'll have a house with a swimming pool. I'll own a yacht. I'll cross the world. I'll become famous. I'll, I'll do it. And, and then they end. There's still that gaping hole in the heart of man. For any sensitive human being. Until you're not, you don't have the Eberster in your life and a deep, a deep intimacy with God, there's nothing fulfilling. Nothing truly fulfills. It, it, temporarily, it gives, it's, a, it's, it's a Tylenol. Temporarily, you're distracted. That's what it is. So, so that's the only reason God lowered his, his pleasure down so that we can be caught up with those things. It's ultimately for a sake of an... Because it's to bring us back to a deeper place. Now, Rebbe says, this idea that the lower, the lower something is, its tension is stronger, its tension for returning is stronger. So we're saying that the Nishamas could have remained up here, but Hashem sent them down here in a body, in a, in a, in a, in a very misleading world, to create that tension. The same is also in the, amongst the Malachim as well, amongst the angels as well. The angels as well, we find that the lower angels that are farther from God's light, that are in the darkness, they have a greater yearning than the upper, higher angels that are closer. Ulamayla, we will understand Gamkein. Haifanim, we find that there's two types of malachim. There are malachim called srafim. The reason they're called srafim is because they burn up in God's light. And then there are much lower malachim that are called wheels. Ofanim, that are wheels. And uh, they somersault all day long. So the Ifanim, and that's what they make such a rash by them tumbling, making kulias the whole day. But rash gadol, they get so excited about God, they don't want to do it themselves. So they're flipping. They literally flip out. Maybe that's where it comes from. They're flipping out. They're flipping out all day, the malachim. But rash gadol, misnasim, they're raising the umas asrafim. Now they go up higher than the srafim. Why? Because they have, a, they have a rash. They make noise. And the Shrafim go, shh, shh, stop the ruckus already. And the Yafana make all the noise. And the Shrafim are, they're, they're silently burning. Why do the Yafana make such, so much noise? Because they're the ones frustrated. Because there's, to them, they feel the darkness. It's amazing. If we would go up to the world of the Yafana, we would melt from the ecstasy of God's revelation in their world. Think about it. If we would go to the experience of the Yaifanim, we would melt, we would pass out from the bliss. But compared to the world of the Srafim, they're considered being in the dark. And therefore they're frustrated. And the Srafim don't feel frustrated like that. Ma'ashenk and Asrafim, which is in the case of the Srafim, the Eima Makana Nebekursayim. The Srafim are in the world of Bria, where in the world of Bria, Eima means mother, that's Bina. Makana, she rests Bekursayim in her throne, which is the world of Bria. That means Bina is manifest in the world of Bria, the world of the Shrafim. Bina means divine comprehension. So therefore, they have such a rich understanding of the Abishter in Bina. Over there, there's a revelation of the Infinite One. Hamizgala, he reveals himself. He reveals himself to be comprehended and understood in Olam Abriya, and as much as, of course, a creation can understand. That's where the Shrafim are stationed. 
because they're 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 sitting and delighting. They, they they don't have to make a ruckus because they they, they don't have that tension. So they stand without a rash. They're just sitting in delight. For Oimrim, and they say kadosh, and they say holy. What does that mean? Shemasigim, they understand. They they grasp. How the Abishter is holy and separated from them. Like it says, What does it mean that God is separated? Separated meaning that creation doesn't, doesn't in any way change God. Even one tiny iota. And that's because creation is created by a nothing of Hashem's light, not of Him. And therefore, the fact that creation happens and all the happenings, all the historical happenings and everything that happens and all the worlds and all that, it's, it's a non-event and a non-activity by God because it almost like it, it never happened. Because He never changed from it. Because all of creation is not even nibbling on one cell of God. There's not even one cell of the Eberster that is put into creation because it's only a ray of Him and a ray means it doesn't have anything of its substance. There's no difference in Hashem's essence before He created the world. And they, they comprehend it. So they realize how nothing they are and they're so mesmerized by God. Because the root and the source of all the worlds only a ray of Him. The reason why it's called the Oirein Sof it's like the light of the sun. Meaning it doesn't affect the change in the sun itself. Meaning the sun is not impacted by the rays. This that it writes in the Svarim that it seems like God is invested in creation. Because it uses the term, the power of the maker is in the thing that's made. So it seems to be that the Abishter is invested and occupied in the creation. So he says that's on a much lower level. That means there's a certain dimension of, of, of a locus that's all the way, all the way down, down, down that is invested. But the Abishter himself, as he is above, is not. That's where this investment is. This line really needs some clarification. I didn't understand it fully because Lachur, the same investment, Mitzad Mamalakalalman, is an Olam Abriya also. What does he mean? Dafka, Vyedak, that in Olam in, Hapoyel, in, in, uh, in, uh, he brings over here in Dafkin in the world of Asiya. This Indian is in the higher worlds also. I don't know what he means by that. Omnam, whatever. The, the, the main idea is that the Srafim understand and appreciate how, how the Abishter is truly Kadosh. They see it, they understand it, and they're so mesmerized by it, and it gives them so much pleasure. Omnam, Fanim. The, and even if they're, it's not just pleasure, it's also yearning, but it's not a frustrating yearning. The Oifanim and the supernal beasts, they're in a much lower world. They find themselves in a lower world from what's called the throne of God. They're not in Olam Abriya, the world of the throne. There isn't godly revelation so much in their worlds. So therefore, him barash gadol. They make a big tumult because of their frustration. Similar to a balchuva, they're the balchuvas, and therefore they're noisier, noisier angels. They're the balchuva angels, and the shrafim are the tzaddikim angels. And down here below, it's the, it's the, we come down here to, to all of us be balchuva, and within, 
within the, 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 the Jews down here in the world, you have those Jews who are late beginners, they have a certain drive that Jews that have always had it, you see it all the time, that the late beginner Jews have a certain energy in Yiddishkeit and mitzvahs that those who were born with it are lacking because they, uh, it's like for them it's not new, it's not exciting, it's, they haven't been searching for it. These people have been searching. They've, they've traveled the world. They've been to the Himalayas. They've been in the ashrams. They've been all over searching. And now they find Yiddishkeit. It, there's a certain craziness to their Yiddishkeit, a certain intensity that the others don't have. The cry with the added vigor. That's, by the way, the reason why we spend so much time in davening speaking about the Oifanim. The because when we get to Shema, we want to be at this place of frustration, and we want to love God like the Yofan of love Hashem. We want to say, Hashem And we don't want to stop because Tzadikim can do that too. We want to get to like infinite love, which comes from the frustration, which comes from the Balchuvah. In order to do that, we tap into the Yofanim because we tap into the supernal Bali Chuvas so that we can down here also experience Chuva and that we can say Shema with that love, with that extra vigor. Before we say the Shema, before we say the Vahafta, we want that our Judaism, our experience in Yiddishkeit should be with a Rash. And that's the whole reason of the setting of Yiddishkeit down here in this, I mean, one of the reasons that he's explaining in this Mimer, is that the setting of all of Torah and Mitzvahs and everything is given to us in a setting where there's deceiving, deceptive pleasure of the physical world. Maybe I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say it's the only reason why we're in the physical. But the only reason why the physical is so full of trappings of pleasure, of misguided pleasure. And this is where we are placed for our period of time that we're going to learn Torah and do mitzvahs, for our, which is our main performance in our lifetime, is the time that we're in a physical body. The reason we were placed over here is, is, is so that we will do Torah and mitzvahs as a balchuva. We will do them barash. We will do them with a fire of b'chom because then, as a result of our rash, that triggers from God that God also responds with the same three letters of rash. What are the three letters? But it becomes the word rash is now transformed into two words. Shar and sar. Shar is zeha shar l'ashem. This is the gateway to God. Our rash, our frustrations and tshuva movements. So think about it. This that life gets frustrating. That's actually such an important ingredient. That's what really adds that oomph to all of your Yiddishkeit. Because that frustration that you have from all the pitfalls and all the mistakes and all the, and all the, all the, all the times we, we, we just get distracted and then we come back and we realize that, 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 that this is, ah, we don't want this, we want something else. That creates the rash and the rash is what makes Zehashar Lashem the gateway for God. And Zehashar, Sar is the here. Remember I said in the beginning of the Mimer that God reveals himself to us in two ways. Through a shar and through a sar. In Torah, Hashem is coming through a sar, through a hair follicle, through a hair, a hair too. That's a tzitzis. And in a mitzvah, the Abishter is coming through the garment, the hashar, it's God Himself coming, not, not a tiny little strand of Hashem. Hashem Himself 
Shar and Sar. But what is it created from? Only from the fact that we have a rash. We need to approach Yiddishkeit with a rash gadol, and that will create it. And our is from below. Pchinas rash. When we have our rash, nimshach mamayla, this draws from above sar, shar. Shin ayin resh. V'yesh shar b'shin. There's a shar with a shin yamin, with the emphasis on the right side. That's the shin. The dot is on the right side. V'yashar b'smoil, sar b'smoil. And then there's the word sar when it's a here on the left side. Shar b'yamin, hayna kumoshakosav, zeha shar l'ashem. This is the shar for God. The hair of his head. It's a passage in Daniel. He's speaking about that. He, he's speaking about God, and he says, "I saw the hair of Hashem." is like clean wool. So he's first going to explain the sa'ar, the hair, and then he's going to explain the shar. So the sa'ar is the hair. Where does hair grow from? Hair grows from the brain. But it's only an external, external ray from the brain. To the point that when you cut off the hair, a person doesn't even feel it. Meaning to say that we, the neshama is in the brain. Is in the, it's all over the body, but primarily the main seat is in the brain. From the brain it expands into all the limbs and all the organs. Fine. And life flows. Now, the, 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 the experience of life we said is pleasure, and therefore when there is a cut off, a, 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 a blemish in life that causes the opposite of pleasure, is pain. So when you cut any, any limb, it hurts. That means that the flow of energy in that limb is very intense, so the disruption of it and the, the opposite of that is pain, and the pain is immense when you cut it. It hurts a lot. The hair you, is also alive. The very proof that the hair is alive, it grows. It gets longer. It's growing. That means it has life to it. But from all the expansion that there is of life in the body, the thinnest channel is the hair. And when we say it's thinner than everywhere else, it's the least. It's like on a whole other dimension. It's not like, you know, reduced. The eyes are also different than the toes. Each part of the body is different in, in terms of richness of life and so on and so forth. But they're all relative limbs. And in each one of them there is the pain element. Right? When you when it gets injured. But when it comes to the hair, an injury to the hair doesn't hurt at all. Even cutting the whole hair off doesn't hurt. And that's because the life flow that's in the here is so minuscule and so insignificant. And that's the reason why we talk about God's here. Because when we're talking about a direct channel of mucker kol hatanugim, not this pathetic, pathetic, as we spoke about, crummy pleasure, not this tiny little crumb that comes down here, but when we're talking about the Eberster himself, the transcendental God himself, to be able to receive something from him and we should absorb it, can only come through his here. And that's the Sareshe, the Abish is here. And that becomes the source of all of Torah. All the Torah that is given to us, which in Torah is, is an expression of God. Torah is Hashem's wisdom coming from Hashem's Moach. But it's only one little hair. As he says, uh, uh, it's considered an external element, Mimenu. To the point 
So he's, it's, it's, but he's, he's calling it chitzonius, meaning it's not just quantity, it's also quality of life. The quality of energy that goes into the, into, of life that goes into the here is very superficial. It's very chitzonius to the person. When you cut the here, you don't even feel it. The same as above. The Torah is called God's here. Like it says, it says, it says his here locks are taltalim. What are taltalim? Huh? Curls. His here locks are curly. And the sages say, what does that mean? The sages say that God's hair locks are, are curls is referring to the 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 the, the lock the the, the 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 mounds and mounds of halachos, and these are all the these are all the shape. It's all Hashem's here. So many halacha, so many halacha. You learn these halachos and that halacha. These the Eberster's here. because the Torah. So you see the analogy where Chazal use here for Torah. Because the Torah emerges from 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 Chachma, from from the Eberster's from wisdom, just like here comes from the head, comes from the comes from the head next to the brain. But real, really, where is it really coming from? The real, real, real origins of the Torah is deeper than Chachma. It's originating in Keser in the crown, which, as we said earlier, that's the Makar Kala Tanugin. That's that's the the source of all the light. It's really originating in Onega Elyon and the supernal delight. Makar Kalatanugim, the root of all pleasures. But Nikrasaira, but it's but since it's it's whatever is coming from there has to be so reduced, it's called a here. Kimakoir Hatainig, why? Because the source of pleasure is so gewaldig. It's Hashem's very essence. It's not like he wants to show how lofty this level of Makar Kol Tanugim is. He says, because just like it's by human, we and our pleasure are two. We derive pleasure from something. But by the Eberster, he doesn't derive pleasure from something. He's deriving pleasure from himself. That by him, that means that the pleasure and him are totally one. So on this, when we're speaking about the root of all pleasure, which where pleasure begins, it's the essence of Hashem. Like by a person, a person gets the light from something. The person has a delight where he's receiving the pleasure from something. Even the lofty pleasure of Neshamas and Olam Haba, it's also not pleasure from themselves. But rather, they receive and they 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 delighting and receive the pleasure from the ziva shchina. By the Eberster, by Hashem, there's such a thing outside of him. For who amada he is knowledge and like the Rambam, we're learning this in Tanya the last two, the last day, yesterday. So what's the pleasure? It's the essence of pleasure. He himself is the pleasure. That's why he is called the source of pleasure. Because he is the source of pleasure. And this, be, this becomes the source for every type of pleasure in all of existence. But because this is so lofty and so indescribably high and so vast, and so um, therefore to draw pleasure from there, why they tzimtzum requires a powerful compression. The pleasure has to compress. 
and contract. That it should illuminate through the channels of Torah, the wisdom of Torah. And that's why they're called here. Just like a person's brain energy is, is, is so reduced to go into the here and to become energy over here. You can't compare what's happening in the here to the brain. Now, when the Nishamas have pleasure in Ganeidin, where are they receiving the pleasure from? They're, they are receiving through the channel of that hair, because it's already where the, where the pleasure of God is invested in the Torah, and the Torah as, and the Torah's extension as here into the, into the supernal spiritual worlds, into the Ganeidin of each world. It's all coming from God's hair. And that's why, what's the pleasure in Ganeidin? Torah. It's the wisdom, it's the knowledge. It's from the grasping of the Torah. That in the lower Ganeidin, what do they do? We, physical human beings, study the Torah in its physical form. We learn Torah in a very physical form. What do they do in Ganeidin? They learn the same Torah. That's why it says you, you can only get a ticket in Ganeidin if you learn Torah. Because you learn the same Torah in Ganeidin, it's just that you undress it from its physical meaning. And you go, ah, that's what it, ah, that's what it meant. Ah, I was always wondering about this. In other words, you get to see the pnimius of what it is. But that's the lower Ganeidin. What do they do on the higher Ganeidin? Over there, it's not the secrets of the Torah that we studied here. It's the secrets of the secrets. It's like beyond, beyond. The Ganeidin alien and the supernal Ganeidin Raza Diraz and the secrets of the secrets. The Kolzeh, but even the highest Ganeidin, Hubchenasar Reshe, it's the here of God's head. Ikenoida as it is known. That's the here, that's the Sar. And that's one channel that we create through our Rash. Remember, it's all dependent on the Rash. When we have a Rash and a yearning and a frustration, that creates, that brings out, when we want him strongly, the Ebershter will respond through a sar. Om namah mitzvahs, that's the Torah. But how about mitzvahs that we do? Shem yoyser nailis, they are much higher than Torah. Tahainu shenem shachem, because they're drawn me'atzmiyosatainuk, from the essence of the divine pleasure. Shalamai lomigiliyatainuk, hamitzamtzam ayadeisairis, which is, surpasses and much higher than the revelation of pleasure that contracts through the hair, which is drawn into Chachma. What's drawn into Chachma is only the hair. This is, like it says, that the entire Chachma, the supernal Chachma, is hanging on one of God's hairs, on the, one of the hairs of Keser. Chachma receives from a hair of Keser, it's only a hair. But how about the essence of Keser? Chachma is not a keli for it. And therefore the entire Ganeidin experience is not a keli for it. So then it has to remain hidden. No one is a keli. Where is it revealed? In a, in a physical mitzvah that you're doing. That's why it says, that Hashem says, I'm upset at you that you were not happy when you did mitzvahs. You should have been happy when you did mitzvahs. With joy, more than everything. What does it mean more than everything? more than all the pleasure that exists, not just down here, but all the pleasure that exists in all the supernal worlds. Because in the mitzvah, you're touching God's essence, not God's here. 
And that's the answer. Far beyond the, beyond the supernal pleasure, which is the higher Ganeiden. The higher Ganeiden is coming through a Tzimtzum. What's the Tzimtzum? The Tzimtzum is the here, which is really also coming through Hashem's name. There's Hashem's essence and there's Hashem's name. What's Hashem's name? Hashem's name is Yud K Vav K. So the first letter of Yud K Vav K is Yud. What's Yud? Yud represents that tiny little here, a dot. And the real Yud, we look at a Yud in a, in a, in a Sefer Torah, it's a design. The real idea of a Yud is just a decimal, a, a decimal dot. How small? It can be tiny, a, a nothing. That's where God contracts down to the tiniest dot and all the energy is funneled through that dot. And that's what Chazay say, that what does the Olam Abba create? What's Gan Eden created through? The Yud. That means through the here, through that one little Yud. But that's Torah. Mitzvahs, however, is above it. So what's the continuation of the Pasuk that says, I saw, he saw God's hair? Daniel. It's not the continuation. What's the beginning of that verse? It says the hair of his head is like clean wool. And before that it says, Levushe, his garment, Keteleg Chiver, is like white snow. So you see, we're referring to two things by Hashem. His hair and his garments. His hair is what? His hair is Torah. His garment is mitzvahs. That's why we also know that Torah becomes the food for the neshamas in Gan Eden. It's the food. They take it in. Mitzvahs are called the garments. Because you know why? Mitzvah is also God's garment. And therefore it becomes our garments. And when we say garment means it's above us. We, we, when we're doing a mitzvah, we don't comprehend it's God. When we're learning Torah, it's geschmack. It's insightful. It's, 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 we're like the energy is flowing inside of us. When we're doing a mitzvah, we're doing something. We know it's holy, but we don't, we don't have any clue about what we're doing. The godliness of it is, is surrounding us like a garment. It's bigger than us. But the interesting thing, it's God's garment. And when you're pulling a garment, you're pulling the one that's inside the garment. When you're pulling someone by the hair, you're also pulling. Now let's understand something. With the hair, even though you're only taking the hair, the etzam, he's going to say later, it's it's. It's he himself is in that yud, but what's being revealed to us on our end is only a ray of him, only that tiny little here. But by the, the mitzvahs, even though nothing is being revealed currently, when Mashiach will come, the entire God, the Abishter himself, will be revealed to us. And this is what it says: His garment is like white snow. As it is known, the mitzvahs are called garments. But the idea that it's called a lavush means that the one that's inside, what does a lavush do? Besides, a garment conceals the one that's wearing it. That means that the godliness of the mitzvah is a level that well, is, 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 has to be concealed. It can't be revealed. Because as he said before, the Abishter can only reveal himself through a yud. Himself can't be revealed. Just like a garment, is obscuring and blocking the person that's closed in it. 
the root of the mitzvah. The root of the mitzvah, the Abishter himself, the source of all pleasure. But that has to be concealed. That can't be revealed in understanding. Only the hear of him can go into the Torah, into understanding. But but it doesn't mean because he's, he's concealed doesn't mean we can't grab him. We could. But how is he drawn? Through practical mitzvahs. Physical mitzvahs. is drawn to physical mitzvahs. Why? He's going to say later why dafka through a physical mitzvah. Because that's the rule. What's the rule? No, it's, always remember this rule in a chassidus because that's the ultimate secret. The beginning is wedged in the end. The highest of the high manifests dafka in the lowest of the low. So in the lowest form of existence, which is the material world, which is where mitzvahs are done, dafka there is when we're reaching for the highest of the high. Kitar yag mitzvahs dairaisa because the 613 biblical commandments and shevah mitzvahs that are born together with the seven rabbinic commandments. Eile tarach gematria 620. Tarach, and what are they? Tarach, they are 620. Amudei Or, the Zohar refers to the mitzvahs as 620 pillars of light. What's the idea of a pillar? What does a pillar do? A pillar, here we have pillars. Two pillars, three pillars, one behind me, two over here. These pillars connect the roof to the ground. They're not really a pillar because they don't have a hollow inside of it. These are not hollow. A pillar is like a thing, and inside is hollow, but what is it connecting? The roof. And what does it mean? So the pillar, through the hollow of the pillar, you can throw things from the roof. You can always throw things from the roof, but you can cha- it can go through from the higher to the lower. So the highest of the high is the Abishter himself. The lowest is the low. The, 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 the bottom of the pillar reaches earth, and the two of them are connected. And this is the Amud that's Machaber. Now it's interesting. As opposed to Torah, which is called the here. This is called the pillar. What's the difference between a pillar and a hair? They're both the same. They're both a tube. It's just that in a hair, the tube, the, 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 the space inside is so tiny, you can't even see it. You have to look at a, in a microscope. You can see that a hair is a tube, that there is a, 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 a hollow inside the hair. But in a pillar, you, it's obvious. So that's the difference. Because in mitzvahs, it's God himself coming down. In Torah, it's only coming through a constrict... Because that's... Because Torah is meant for us to understand, to delight in, to, to get pleasure of. And this is meant to be above us. At least till Mashiach comes. So therefore, and that's the difference between a sin. What did we say? What did the Rash create? The Rash creates Shar and, and Seyar. So Seyar, so what's the difference? The here is Torah and the Shar, Zehashar Lashem, we're got Zehashar Lashem, Tashem himself, not to a constricted little light of him, but to him himself to manifest as he is. Zehashar, that's in mitzvahs, is Zehashar Lashem. Now, one of them you spell with a shin. Now, one of them you spell with a shin, which has a dot on the right side, and one of them you spell with a sin on the left side. Why? The here is with the left. Because in order for something to be a here, you need the power of the left. What's the power of the left? What's the power of the left? Constriction, Gavura. And as Hashem constricts on the left, Torah can only come about through powerful Gavura. Because Hashem has to 
like a teacher that has to teach very lofty things. What does the teacher have to do? They have to like really water it down, 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 down. They have to constrict. The, the, the mitzvahs come from the right side. The right is revelation. Over there, in the mitzvahs, God is revealing himself as he is, through a garment, of course, but as he is. And that's why Zahashar Hashem. This is hilted to on Hanukkah. Chazal say that you're supposed to put the menorah by the door. And where do you put the menorah? On which side of the door? Anybody know? The left side. The Chazal say why? And there Hanukkah is small. The mezuzah on the right side. Why? Because the mezuzah represents the mitzvahs. And that's on the right. And Ner Hanukkah represents the light of Torah. Because what was the main war of the of the of the um, of the Yavanim Lashkicham Torasecha, and they think about Yavan. Yavan was all about philosophy. They wanted their philosophy to triumph over over Torah, which is Jewish knowledge. Our not it was a war of Chachma. That means the Greeks represented Chachma, Chachma the Klipa, the Chachma of the unholy. That's why we were Masakin Ner Hanukkah. Torah or so the Ner Hanukkah, but it's on the left because the because the light of Torah is like the here Saar, which is on the left side, Shin, which with the dot is on the left, as opposed to I'm sorry, Sin, where the dot is on the left, as opposed to Shin, where the dot is on the right. But why are mitzvahs if they're physical? If the mitzvahs are so great, why are they so physical? Because the beginning which is Keser, and the deepest innermost of Keser, is Dafka wedged, and Hashem Dafka put it into the Soifon at the very, very end. And Dafka through the performance of deed, we can draw down from the source of all pleasure. That's which is not revealed in Chachma. Now he's going to give an example of two mitzvahs where you see in the mitzvah the idea of keser being revealed. He's going to show it to you in, the, in, in two mitzvahs. Karbonais and tzedakah. And why he chose these two mitzvahs? Possibly because these two mitzvahs, one of them is in mitzvahs itself, there are mitzvahs that are meant to lift up and there are mitzvahs that are meant to channel. So tzedakah is the mitzvah, the root of all mitzvahs that are all about channeling. And uh, um, um, Karbanais is representing mitzvahs that are all about elevating the Gashmias. Because you're taking a physical thing, you're elevating it. In Tzedakah, you're not elevating, you're being mashpia. So it could be that's the reason why he chooses these, these two mitzvahs. As the prototype of all mitzvahs, and come here. Vizet, you're not Karbanais, and this is the idea of Karbanais. Shakarbanais, shakravas behema Gashmias. So here, by, by a Karban, you see a strange thing. A person brings a Karban because he sinned. The person blemished and he sinned. And how is he atoning for the sin? By offering an animal. How does it work? Shakrav is behemagashmias because the offering of a physical animal, machaper al chait adam, atones for the sin of a human. It says in the Pasik, Adam Hashem, which the meaning could be that Adam, how can the Adam be, how does the Adam get his salvation through the behema? Adam, ubehema, through the behema, tashi Hashem, he gets his salvation, Hashem will help. It says in the Pasuk, They brought the carbon in front of God. What does he want? Dafka this Pasuk. He Dafka brings this Pasuk because he wants to emphasize this idea that where does the carbon reach? He wants to show how mitzvahs, physical mitzvahs, 
reach beyond beyond Chachma, beyond the here, reaches God Himself. So that's why He wants a mitzvah that doesn't reach Hashem. He wants a mitzvah that reaches a Lifnei Hashem. Lifnei Hashem doesn't only mean in front of God. Lifnei Hashem means transcending Hashem. Transcending what? Transcending Yud Kevavke. Because Yud is the beginning of Hashem as He's manifesting in creation. Yud Kevavke. Yud is that tiny little dot. The here. And from the Yud expands the He and the Vav. That's only. But Lifnei Hashem. That means what reaches Lifnei Hashem above Chachma. Chachma is Yud. What reaches beyond Yud? The, the animal. The Heimak Vios Karbonam. Lifnei Hashem. And that's why it's an atonement. Because we are what? Chelek. Why do we need a major atonement? Because we're so high. From the very fact that we can make such a mess is a proof that we're so high. Why can we make such a mess? I'm saying very briefly now. Because we are Chelek. What's an neshama? Chelek Havaya. We are part of God. What's Havaya? Here's an amazing. Going to say something so powerful now. What's Havaya? Havaya is Hashem. But the reason we call one of the things about the word Yud Kei Vav Kei, Hey Vav Kei is Hove. Hove means what is beingness. Yud Kei Vav means the force beyond what's being. That means the the the. the the power of all beingness. That's Havaya. If we're Chelek Havaya, as a Jew, only Jews are Chelek Havaya. If we're Chelek Havaya, so when we turn our attention to something, so we are turning Havaya to something. We are turning the life power, the power of Mahave, the power that gives existence, wherever we turn our attention to, we are then giving, creating that entity. We're giving it tremendous existence and power. And that's why if we're doing it to things that are unholy, it's horrible. We create such a mess because we are part of the creator. So when we pay attention, if we ignore that which is unholy, the life force goes away from them. They get weaker and weaker. They die, they wither. But when we give them attention, so we're turning the power of Mahave to them. In order to fix something. So to fix this terrible... That's why when we do an Avero, where do we blemish? We blemish the koach of Yud Kei So to fix it, we have to transcend Yud Kei How do we transcend Yud Kei So here's an amazing thing. Not through the deepest meditation. Not through the highest love. Not through some kind of spiritual rectification. You take a physical cow, a sheep, a goat, you bring it in a carbon on the Mizbeach, and that will take you beyond Havaya. Why? That's the secret that he was saying earlier. Physical mitzvahs, the gashmiistic of physical world, is rooted in the most transcendental um, dimension of Hashem Himself. As he says, now he's going to explain what, that, that's the secret of a korban. Because we are part of Havaya. When someone blemishes and sins, he causes a blemish in the name of Havaya because he's one with Havaya. Why? What does Havaya mean? He's Mahave. He brings into being. And through a person sinning, 
the person draws down the life force of the one that's giving being, to a place that's not worthy of being alivened by God. Basically what the Rebbe is saying over here is we create reality. And what's the, what's the, what's the, how do you bring atonement? You can only bring atonement by reaching in front and above. What are they? What's the, These are the Midos in Keser, which are the Yud Gimo Midos Arachamim, which are beyond Havaya, higher than Hashem, than the Yud Kevavke. Where from there he can, he can tolerate the sin or even better lift up the sin. We cannot draw down from this very lofty level. We need to take a physical animal. Why? The secret we said earlier, that the end levels, which is the last and final creation, the physical touches very high at the very beginning of beginnings. As it is known the reason, Whatever is higher, when it comes down, when it falls down low, it comes down lower. So you say, well, okay, a human being is also physical. Why can't he shake his physical body and bring it home? We're not saying human sacrifice, but we're talking about do something physically and also with them. The answer is within the physical, what's lower than the human body? The animal body. Within the physical world, the human body is higher than the animal body. So therefore, when we want to reach even higher, we don't use the human body, we use the animal body. So to the animal, it is lower from the person. And in what particular thing is an animal lower than a person? It doesn't have an intelligence. Humans have intelligence. So the animal is lower than das. The human being is a medaber. So speak, but the fact that the animal is lower, it's showing that in source, on how exalted it is, the physical animal. It fell down through the shattering of the vessels. The animal is below, below the realm of intelligence. It's coming from a place that's beyond intelligence. That's explained. But when we bring it on the Mizbeach, we reattach the physical animal to its what? Sublime, sublime source above. And as a result of that, it awakens and draws down from a level that transcends Yud Kevavke. And from there is where we do the atonement. So that's one mitzvah that he gave an example. So you see from here that the physical mitzvahs Dafka, not Torah study, well, won't fix it. A physical mitzvah bringing a carbon will go beyond Havaya to fix it, which means into Keser itself. The same is also another mitzvah. Another example is in the mitzvah of Tzedakah. It says, He's going to show in Tzedakah too that in Tzedakah, the act of Tzedakah, we are unleashing or we are downloading, better word, we are stimulating and downloading a flow from such a high transcendental place. Why? The Pasuk says that one of the things that tzedakah causes is that it makes peace. It makes peace. And what is the idea of shalom peace? 
It is known from the concept where it says, He makes peace in his, in his in the higher places. So Chazal say, There are two ministers above. One is the minister of water and the other is the minister of fire. And they would be at each other's... Michael is the minister of water and Gavriel is the minister of fire. And they would be at each other's throats all day. They would impossible for the two of them to work in... In 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 um, cohesive, in a cohesive manner, because they're total opposites. Now, why do they get along? Because God makes peace amongst them. How does He make peace with them? He overwhelms them with Himself. When they're overwhelmed with God, they become nullified to Hashem, and they make peace. When Hashem exposes them to a ray that's beyond creation and beyond the whole order of creation. And the, as a result of that, he makes peace. So you see that Dafke in the mitzvah of tzedakah is such a transcendental light that's higher than the spheros. Because the spheros can't make peace. Every sphera has its geder. Chachma has its geder. Bina has its geder, its form, its definition, its character. Here, in order for things to make peace, we need to be able to deliver, we need to bring down a light that's beyond any definition, and that's what can combine two opposites. And tzedakah does that. And now he's going to show how in, in the physical act of tzedakah you also have that. Two opposites are coming together. The rich man and the two poor man are two opposites. Based on their character and their nature, the rich man and the poor man should never get along with each other. Like you have two classes of people, which sometimes are 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 where have, 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 are are like the rich look down at the poor. Who are you? Nobody. And the poor look at the rich and jealous and envy. Say you're unfair that you have all of that. We don't have. So they hate them. So there's a big, 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 big divide between the rich and the poor. When you give tzedakah, what are you doing? You're bringing the rich and the poor together. So you're making shalom between two opposites. Every mashpia and every mekabel and beizafechem are two opposites. And tzedakah makes peace. How can you make peace by a ray that transcends them both? The peace that happens between the malach Michael and Gavriel is called in the higher abode, and the peace that happens between the rich and the poor down here is in the lower abode. Good. And so you see clearly that tzedakah, like carbon is both a revelation from, from, from the Eberster himself. But here he adds something oy, so special. Again, I've never remember seeing this ever in Hasidus. Now why does it say that God's garment, you always learn new stuff. Why is God's garment, why is the Eberster's garment compared to snow? Levushe, his garment... Ketelek chiver is like white snow. Eh, say something else, why white snow? What does it have to do with snow? When you look at snow, not when you go and you see, you know, travel play here in Los Angeles, we have to go travel to see snow. If you go somewhere and you look out at this vast blanket, the whole earth just after it fell, the whole place is covered in a blanket of snow. It looks like one blanket. But it's not one blanket. What is it? It's made up of what? Millions of tiny little snowflakes. The millions of total, million snowflakes come together and make one blanket of snow. 
the Eberster can only be drawn through a garment. You can't, because we said before, he's hidden behind the garment of mitzvahs. How do you pull him, the Eberster himself? Through a bunch, a bunch, and bunch of little mitzvahs. Throughout your lifetime, you're always doing mitzvahs. Through all the times you give tzedakah. You always wonder, like, what is it? Again, the same thing. Tzedakah, the guy. Same lady standing outside Dilbrea Market. Every single time she's standing over there. I gave her already. Next. And every day, is there any significance to this? Any meaning to this? Anything to the constant giving? These are the snowflakes. All of them together create one beged in which the Eberster himself is invested in that beged. We're holding on page Mem Zion, the bottom of, uh, and the end of Sif Beis. That his garment is like white snow. I know. Just like snow. It's through different snowflakes. They're frozen together. Ma'at ma'at, little by little. Achanasa rav, till it becomes a ton of snow. So the sages say, Kol pruta u pruta. Every penny you give to tzedakah, mitztarefes, gathers together. Lechesh bin gadol, it becomes a tremendous big chesh bin. Vecheinu b'chol ha-mitzvah ma'isiyes, it's not just tzedakah. Shebekamo b'yachad, when you do them, many of them together, nasa levush echad. Becomes one super garment. Just like a garment, sometimes you have, simply when a person is dressed, what are they dressed? They have a shirt, they have a pants, and they have a necktie, and they have a jacket, and they have a hat. It's not one entity, it's a bunch of them together. So the, the mitzvahs are different mitzvahs, and sometimes in a garment itself, in a pants, in the pants, you have two... Oh, he's not talking about so much the threads. It seems to be like a chaticha. So it seems like they, they sew together. Most clothing, or a lot of clothing, it's sewn together. The sleeves are separate. It's sewn on, and so on. And then the, 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 the whatever, the, the, the collar could be separate, and so on and so forth. And that together, the pockets can be sewn on. A bunch of things together create one bag. Okay. So now he's going to show, and there's the last thing. Today we're going without a break. So now what did we see from here? That there's a, there's a sa'ar, and then there is what? A sha'ar. Mitzvahs are a sha'ar, zehar sha'ar l'ashem, and Torah is a se'ar, a hear. One of them becomes the source for the, for the pleasure we're in Gan Eden, and the other one becomes the source for the Olam Haba and Olam Atchia in this world. Where is there one mitzvah that, that really captures both? The talus. Because the talus is both a garment, which is the, ta- the, 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 the beged, that's mitzvahs, and the strings. And how many strings are there? 32. 32 pathways of wisdom. It's not stam that are strings. The strings represent the here. But how many strings are there? 32. 32 pathways of wisdom. So this is the idea. In a mitzvah tzitzis, ushkula keneged kala mitzvah, the mitzvah tzitzis is equivalent to all the mitzvahs, the kenoid, the gam kein, the tzitzis. And that's why the word tzitzis is gematria, tough reish. Tzitzis is gematria 600. And then you have eight strings, because um, there are um, really, yeah, on each, on each the, the thing is eight strings. So eight strings plus the heik sharem and five knots, is Taryag 613. 
The Indian idea is kibitzitzis yesh beis bchinas hanal. Me beis bchinas hanal has from these two elements. Lavushe, it has the lavush, the garment, which is one thing, and then also the hair. It says Hashem has two things. Lavushe has a garment, v'sareshe, the hair of his head. Ki atalus atzmoi, because the talus itself, prisa the malka, is the garment of the king. Who bchinas lavushe, that's his lavush. In it says, himself like a chazan in a talis. So the marsha explains in The marsha writes in an old sefer from the chachme hamukubalim. But I found that Hashem, when it says Hashem wrapped himself in a talus, it's with that white talus, that Hashem wrapped himself when he created the world. Over there it says, that he wraps himself in light like a garment. What kind of light? That shines from one end of the world to the other. What is this? The orange self. The Abishter himself is wrapped in the Orein Tzov, which is in this talus, which later, this talus is, is the source of mitzvahs. So that's the, the, the talus itself. And what are the tzitzis? And the tzitzis are here. Because how many tzitzis do you have? We have eight, eight, four times eight is thirty-two. Kilamet beis chutim, the thirty-two chutim strands of the tzitzis and lamet beis nasivus achachma. They are the thirty-two pathways of wisdom. And what is a pathway? When you say in the sieve, it's a trail. A trail is a place can, a person can come from one place to another place. But a trail is not a road. A trail is a very thin road. And that's the idea of a hair. It's a very thin road which allows for this immense godly light to reach the tiny, tiny creation, which compared to God, the creation is nothing. So therefore, Hashem has to come through that little yud, which is the tiny hair, which is the nesiv. This one nesiv later splits, splinters into 32. becomes the 32 pathways. It comes out according to that, you don't have to feel bad if you only have 32 hairs in your head. As long as you have 32, you're good. There's a, there's a trail that you go from place to place. Where the shefa, the flow of divine pleasure, flow from the infinite pleasure that's infinitely higher than Chachma. These are the supernal here. Like we mentioned earlier when we say Hashem's here. We turn over the page, page 94. And that's why it says in Tzitzis, so that you'll remember, all, simply it means you remember all the mitzvahs. Now we understand why you remember all the mitzvahs, but there's deeper than that. The Alter Rebbe is going to tell us, Tzitzkeru means remember, but Tzitzkeru also means that you will become male. Till now God says you're only female. Neshamas are female. Hashem is the mashpia, we're the makabal. Laman tizkiru, you're all going to become masculine. Why? Through the mitzvahs you become masculine. Through the observance of Torah mitzvahs. Why? What's the difference between male and female? Male is the mashpia, the influencer. Female is the recipient. 
So we're always the recipients of God. But God said, I want you to do something. In Torah and Mitzvah, you're going to be the ones doing everything. Why? You're going to be feeding my infinite light in the here. When, if a Jew doesn't learn Torah, if we're not, if, if, when we're not learning Torah, that whole channel is not happening. We're not doing mitzvahs, that, that whole flow is not happening. In Tafka, when we're learning Torah, and doing, so Laman Tizkri, you will be the macher. You'll become the male, you'll become a zacher, not just the... You're going to be male in this sense. You're going to be a mashpia. Because without this, we are the recipients. That means we can be the beneficiaries from God, but we can't do anything. In that sense, we're just receiving. To your husband will be your longing. You're longing for life. But now God says, I want to give you the reins to produce something. You're going to become male in the sense that mashpia, you're going to become the mashpia. You're going to cause the orin sof to go down into Torah. Where do we see that we enhance the Torah? That we give to the Torah? It says in the Pasuk, The Torah Moshe commanded us. It says, My Russia, it is an inheritance. Chazal say, Don't read it an inheritance. Read it, Me'urasa. She is engaged to us. That means the Torah is the bride and we are the chasen. If the Torah is the bride, we are, we are her husband. If we're the husband of the Torah, it means we're mashpia into the Torah. Al tikri my Russia, Elo Me'urasa, engaged. She's called the bride. Va'oisik bitorah, and someone that learns Torah, Nikra Baal Torah. We more common turn is not to say Baal Torah, we say Ben Torah. But there is a phrase referring to a Baal Torah. A Baal Torah means a husband of Torah. Kemai Marazoyar, like the Zayar says, Mare Da'iraisa. What does Mare Da'iraisa mean? The masters of the Torah. They are the masters of the Torah. Says in a sefer Mayan Achachma. Now we can understand why it's called Mayan Achachma because it's the Mayan that gives life. It's the spring that gives to Chachma, and that's why he's the one who writes in that sefer. I'm just making that up. It but it makes it fits with. That's why the sefer Mayan Achachma says that it's the spring that feeds Chachma. He says that David Hamelech used to cause the flow of energy. He was Mechaber the Torah to the Orin Sof. When David learned Torah, he wasn't a recipient from the Torah. He drew the Orein Sof into the Torah. So the Torah was considered female to David HaMelech, who was bringing the, the light into the Torah. David HaMelech was mechaber the Torah above with God himself. He drew down, he downloaded the Orein Sof into Chachma. It's amazing. You are occupied into the Torah. I'm sorry, Oisik Betoira Lishma, for her sake. Oisik Betoira Lishma means, besides all the deeper meaning, here's even a deeper meaning. You're learning Torah for the sake of the Torah. This is the highest way of Torah Lishma. You're not even learning Torah for you to connect to Hashem. You're learning Torah to enhance the Torah. Because when an Ishama learns, obviously this is a very high level of learning. Lishma mamish for her sake, l'shema toira atzma, and that's what it means. You'll become masculine. Rash v'shar. What did we say earlier? That through our rash, remember, go back through our rash gadol, our tumul, our yearning that comes through the tension 
by us becoming Bali Tshuva, by being in this world where there's so much misleading pleasure, we get so frustrated and we have a rash, a burning infinite desire, we're the ones who stimulate Zahashar and we're the ones who cause the Sar. As he says, in rash, Nasashar becomes the Sar Vyashar Vyashar Biyamin Zahashar Lahavaya. This is the Shar Tashem. Leknisa Vyatsiya. This is the Shar for entering and going out. Shahamelech Baatsmo Yoitse Umizgale. We cause the king himself to come out. And that's through our our yearning and our desire for a relationship. We cause the Abishter himself to come out of this secluded, transcendental, hidden place and reveal himself. And then um, the Sar Bismoil, and then there is the here and the left. The hair of his head is like, is like clean wool. His left hand is under my head, is referring to the Sa'ar, and Yeminoi is referring to Sha'ar. One is mitzvahs and the other is Torah. I mentioned this earlier. Mezuzah is on the right side because Mezuzah represents all of mitzvahs and Ner Chanaka represents all of Torah. And that's on the right side. It's like the word Sha'ar that is spelled with the Pintala on the right side, Benjamin. Venerchanak and Erchanaku am Shachasat Torah is the drawing of Torah. Vehim is smile, and this is from the left. Because we said before, in order for Torah to come down, it has to come through a powerful tzimtzum. Because Torah we receive in our kalim, we understand it, we take it in, and that's something that can only come in our come through tzimtzum. It's the sar with it on the left. Oh, but there is one condition. And here's a very important thing. We can only stimulate all of this. We can only be the machers. We can only be the male that you should do something, God says. You are the ones who are going to stimulate and drive all of this energy into the world. This can only be as a precondition. You have to yearn to God. But to yearn to the Abishter the way you're supposed to, you have to disconnect from other yearnings. Because if not, what does it say before that? Do not go astray after what your, what your heart desires. What your eye sees. What, what does our eye see? Our eye see the pleasures of the world. Don't go after them. That you are being led astray. The deeper meaning of the word zonim, the Alter Rebbe translates the word zonim from the word zona. Zona is a, a prostitute. And what that really means is don't become a prostitute. Prostitute, what is that idea? So the Rebbe says like this, every time you're, the, 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 there's always mashpia and makabal. The makabal is the woman. Now when the woman, when, when something is receiving from something else, consider the woman, it's, it's the, it's the, it's the makabal. So when, what's a zona? A zona is someone who's, who's not receiving from where she's supposed to receive. She's supposed to receive. A real zona is a married woman that goes to another man. That's a real. That's the ultimate meaning of zon. So she she has she has a mashpia, but she's not receiving from a mashpia. She's yearn, she desires to receive from someone else. So we the nisham uh, and therefore then we are supposed to receive. What's our source of pleasure? Where are we supposed to be delighted from? From our husband, who's our husband, the Abishter God. That's supposed to be the pleasure in our life. The Abishter sprinkled a bunch of little pleasure where, in all this little stuff in the world, little tiny crumbs of pleasure. And that's meant for the Gentiles, really. And the Jew is supposed to really take his pleasure and delight in Hashem. 
But, Nebuchadnezzar is saying, don't be a zona. If we crave the pleasure of everything else, then we become the, the macabre from all these other things. And when we become filled with satisfaction, the problem is not so much the pleasure. The problem is that when we become satisfied with that stuff, and therefore we're not yearning for God, because we're yearning for, we want to go on this vacation, we want to go on this, we want to have this delight, we want to have that. That occupies, that kind of uses up our yearning and our desire, because we want all these things. The more things we want, the less we're wanting Hashem. And that's why it's okay to, to live, we're supposed to live in the world. And we're supposed to have and feel the Abishter in the pleasures of the world. But we should not get caught up. We shouldn't have to be, it shouldn't, it shouldn't, enti- shouldn't grab us. Stay focused all your life. Because once you become an, and here's the thing, once someone becomes a zona, what happens? What happens to a woman once she had relations with another man? She's forbidden to her husband. That's very dangerous. So once a neshama gets carried away and becomes a zona, it becomes, until you do tshuva, of course, you do tshuva, you can fix it. In general, the person becomes forbidden to, 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 to be the recipient of God's pleasure. But, what does that mean? Anything that you are yearning for, then you are considered the wife, a female, to that entity. It's a rachmanas that. To become, an, uh, to become a a, 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 a a wife, a female, a, 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 a recipient from, to a, um, to Franks and Blanks. That little, I don't know, I'm here. Ah, sushi. Marry that little, but that's what it is. We become, we don't realize it. We become the nukva, we become the recipient of it. Then we become the zaina. We're exchanging, we desire the physical pleasures. That we can't receive anymore from the supernal pleasure. Two things. Definitely, we can't even be the recipient of God. We definitely can't become Him. How do we, how do we become a man? The Amishter is the only mashpia. To become a man and be a mashpia means we become unified with God and then we're the ones who direct the flow in the cosmos because we become Him. So we, number one, he's saying if we're, if, if we're a zaina, if we're, if we're a female to everything, to all the physical pleasures and we become uh, in that sense already occupied, so to speak, then we can't even be a, a wife to Him to receive from Him. Definitely we can't become so merged with Him that we become the male that's, that's transmitting all this light. When you're not going to go after that, then you'll become one with Hashem and you'll become that male power. And you'll be able to channel all this light. And now we're going to understand what it means two times. Remember we began the, in the Mimer and asking the question, why does it say twice? So why does it say twice? Because Ani Hashem Elokechem is Nemon L'Shalim Schar. Hashem says, I am, you can count to me that I will give you reward. And we said, only by tzitzis does it say twice Ani Hashem Elokechem. Because the twice Ani Hashem Elokechem is talking about the double reward. The reward of Torah, which is the word of Gan Eden. And the, the, word, the reward that comes through the Sa'ar, through the here. And the second reward, the reward that comes through the Sha'ar which is one of them is the reward of Gan Eden, which is only to the Neshama, 
And the second one is the reward that's going to be to the guf, and primary to the guf, and through the guf, that's the reward of the soviv kalalman, of God himself, the source of all tanugim, that's the reward of mitzvahs, and since the body that the mitzvahs, the body is the first one to receive that reward in this world. That's the difference, and he's going to explain why the first one, it says, Ani Hashem elokeichem, Hashem lelokim, and by the second one, it just says, Ani Hashem elokeichem. The second one is referring to the ultimate reward. And that's why the ultimate reward is to experience God as He is unfiltered. Oh, don't do that. It's going to be so hot. Yeah, hot. I'm getting very hot. I'm, 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 I'm teaching here such a long time. I'm getting very hot. I'm steam coming from me. We're going to get you a big blanket. Ani Hashem Ani Hashem Elokeichem. Why is the double Ani Hashem Elokeichem? Oh, so the second Ani Hashem Elokeichem is talking about the ultimate reward. Because it's talking about the ultimate reward, it doesn't say Liyos Lechem Lelokim. Because what does Elokim mean? To be to you for a constricted power. Elokim is constricted. That's Ganeiden. Ganeiden, God is becoming your power measured to you, to how much you're, to your capacity. What's Hashem is not adjusting to us He's enabling us to be able to receive Him as He is So the second one doesn't say The first one does Because the first one is talking about The reward that's coming through the hair And the second one is referring to The reward that's coming through The reward that's coming Not through her hair It's coming through Sha'ar the pillars of light, the big, big, wide pillars that have the big space and which connect heaven and earth and make this world the keli for the Eberster himself. Oh. So he says, Ani, first let's take a look at the words Ani. Ani, both these rewards you should know are coming from a place beyond Havaya. It's not, because we said before, it's, where, are we, where are we feeding from in both these rewards? From Keser, from Mokr Kola Tanugim, from the place called Asher. Remember Asher Kiddishanu? From the place of source of all pleasure, which is higher than Yudke Vavke. That Now Yudke Vavke, even though it's beyond definition, because it's, it's past, present, and future together, but it's still a definition, because it's a name. So Yudke Vavke is Hashem identifying himself already with a certain identity, it's his name. Beyond Yudke Vavke has no identity at all. That's why it's referred to as Ayin, nothingness. Ayin, we don't know it. Ayin, nothing, because you can't define it by anything. And that's why it says, Vahachachma, me ayin timot. Chachma is the first definitive state. Chachma, where does it come from? Me ayin, from a place of none. That's Keser. Keser is ayin. Ani is the same letters as Keser. I'm sorry, same letters as ayin. Ani and Ayin. Ani Oisius Ayin. Ani is the same letters as Ayin. This is based on what it says. And what do you see? This week in the parsha, this one is really cool. It says this week in the parsha, Moshe Rabbeinu told us the spies, go see if Eretz Yisroel, go scout the land. And one of the things he says, go see the land, is it this, is it that? Then he says, Hayesh Poy Does it have a tree? What kind of funny question is that? Does it have a tree? I'm sure it has a tree. He says, so what does that mean? And he says, Ayesh by eights am ayin. What does the deeper mean? Moshe Rabbeinu sent really big tzaddikim here. They were great people. 
He says, go to Eretz Yisrael and figure out Hayesh Eitz is the flow of energy in Eretz Yisrael coming from Chachma and down. That means from the Yudke Vavke, from Chachma and down. Chachma is called Eitz. Why is Chachma called Eitz? First of all, Torah is called Eitz, Eitz Chayami, but also deeper. The word Eitz is from the word Eitza. Eitza is advice and counsel. And where do you get advice and counsel from? From Chachma. Chachma is the, is the Yoetz. It gives example. It gives, it gives up. Hayesh by Eitz is the energy of God coming from Chachma. And if it's coming from Chachma, it's called Yesh. Yesh means something. Is it coming from Yesh, from a place of Yesh? And therefore, that means it's coming from Chachma, which is already, because why Chachma is already a Yud. A Yud is already a Dat. It's already a Dent. It doesn't have much shape to it, but it's still something already. You can make something out of it. Im Ayin, or maybe Eretz Yisrael is receiving from Keser, from the place of Ayin that transcends the eights above. Is it coming from the Orin Sof Mamish? That's what he's at. Like when we said when Mashiach will come, physical earth is going to be a keli to the Ayin, to the Ani itself. That's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. Check Hayesh Ba Eitz. Is it in the level of Yesh, of somethingness? Is God already defined him? Is the Hamshacha and Eretz Yisrael, the energy is already from a definitive level of Hashem. It's much higher than Elohim. It's Havaya. And in Havaya, it's from the Yud of Havaya, but it's still already a, some, a beginning of something. Or is it coming from Hashem's infinite light that there's no definition at all? Im Ayin, if it's not. He's just proving from here that Ayin is referring to Keser. If that's the case, when it says, Ani Hashem Elokecha, what does that mean? That the root of where the mitzvahs are coming from or the reward of the mitzvahs is coming from Ani, from Ayin. But in order for you to be able to receive it, Hashem compresses the Ani into Havaya. Ani Havaya. Ayin Havaya are one. Let's see. Hayesh Bayetzem Ayin, Pirish Eitzu, Moloshin Eitza. Eitz is Moloshin Eitza. Utsu Eitza. Eitza. Vubchenas Chachman, that's Chachman Shenikra Eitza, the Teshia. It's called Eitza of Teshia. Ki Eitza, who is Chachmas, is the. The eight says that you give you give me a you give me a it's it's a hischakmus means a um I'm looking for the word it's a verb of, on on wisdom hischakmus vaasog is dover mat the understanding of something upidish im ayin what does it mean if not hainu pchenas ayin shemisham timotzei pchenas achachma from the from the non fixed place from where chachma comes from. This is the place that's concealed from all concealments. You can't, it's not with, even within the context of being able to be grasped. However, it's already Hashem adapting, contracting, defining. Yud, Simtsim, Yud is a contraction. Hey is Spashtos, Hey is an expansion. Yud is already the process of Simtsum. Nevertheless, so even though Havaya then is much lower than Ani, than Ayin. What does it say? Ani Havaya. I am Havaya. Afa Ani Havaya. How can you say Ani Havaya if Ani is infinitely higher than Havaya? Shepchenas Ani hu mamesh pchenas Havaya. The Ani is mamesh Havaya. Why? Ki atzimtzum vahester einoi elo be'erkeinu. When we say Yudkei Vavke is a tzimtzum, it's not, it's not really a tzimtzum. Let me, let me explain. It's only to our side. Shaykh Neimata, we the recipients, we're receiving and we're seeing only the tzimtzum. Avil etzlo yuz baruch, but by him, kulachad mamish, it's literally one, beloi peruda without a pirud. What does that mean? I'll give you a little example that way. 
A teacher is giving over a concept to a student. So the teacher is reducing, 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 and giving a metaphor. So the student is receiving what? It also says that a teacher should always teach a student in a short way. So the teacher concentrates a short little passage. So the student at the student's end is receiving what? Only a tiny little piece of what? Of the idea or whatever, of the vastness. But when the teacher looks at that short version of concentrated something, what does the teacher see in it? The teacher sees in it the entire... For example, I'll give you an example. Um, for little children, you learn Mishnah. You're not learning Gemara with them because the Gemara is too expansive, too, too, too elaborate, too detailed. The Mishnah is constant. But when the Chachmei HaMishnah said the Mishnah, Rabbeinu HaKadosh, when he made the Mishnah, he saw the entire Espashtus of the Gemara and Rashi and Tosus and Marsha and Rishayna, everything in those short words of the Mishnah, he saw it all because he is the Metzamtzim. The one who's contracting sees the entire thing in the contraction. So when we say that Chachm is only a here, doesn't mean that it doesn't have everything. It has, at Mitzadi Eivishter, it has everything. It's Ani Hava. The recipient, of course, is only deriving and seeing a very narrow sliver of what is really there. And that's the reason why, even though, and that's the reason why he's saying an amazing thing, even though I'm only giving you in the first reward, even though in the first reward I'm only giving you a little ray through a little hair, it's still an infinite light. It's still ani. And therefore, in this reward, what I am giving you right now, I am giving you something that's outside of all limitations and boundaries of all worlds. Mitzrayim doesn't only mean Egypt. Mitzrayim means all limitations and all boundaries. I am giving you something infinite, beyond. Because this world in general, Why? Because, let's understand something, this is coming to, for a reward for the person who is, as we said earlier, yearning, rash. He's yearning to go out of Egypt. He wants to get, and what Hashem is responding and giving him the Torah. The, the, the world is, is, is limited. From the earth to the heavens, 500 years. Chazal and Masech Chagiga make a whole system. That from here to the first sky is 500 years. The, the sky itself is 500 years. Between that sky and the next sky, 500 years, and so on and so forth. But, but it has a limit. Through our rash, I've taken you out. I have put you into the world to stimulate the Balchuva in you. I brought you, I, I, I in a sense teased you, God says, so that you can bring, I could take you out of Egypt. And now, Ani Hashem, I am giving you my very self. Oh, but what am I doing? I am giving you Ani Hashem, but how am I doing it? I'm contracting it to you, to your measure. I'm taking what's essentially beyond Simpson, compressing it, giving it in a zip drive, so that you can have it in your, it's, it's everything. But it's, and this is the pleasure of, the, the flow of pleasure in Ganeiden, which is Hashem's here, as we said earlier, the tzaddikim sit, and they delight in the ziva shechinam. On the one hand, it's Elohim, which is contracted. On the other hand, it's Kaddish. It's what's beyond. 
I didn't look up this Yerushalmi, so I can't tell you. The point over here is we're drawing on the Kadosh himself, on the Ebersh himself. It's being drawn through the here, and through the contractions. Why? It's the same idea that we learned a few weeks ago on the word Kadosh. It's essentially the word is Kodesh without a Vav, but it's coming through the Vav, which is the tiny little here. As we said when we learned earlier, it, that's the idea of Kodesh. Kodesh Bevav. Kodesh Al Sarab Vav. On the here, which is called the Vav, Kamoi Kodesh Yegadol Perasar Roshay. Mashayin Ken Kodesh Elyon Atzmai. But to experience the Kodesh Elyon itself, not through a here, we would all blow a fuse. We couldn't handle it. It's beyond the here from shachis and being drawn. That's why this that's coming through the here, it's called liyos lochem lelokim to be to you for a god. That's the contracted. I am Oh, this also fits with the Pasuk. I just want to... I am Asa. The eye has not seen it. Elokim Zulasecha. Besides, Yasel It should be given to those who hope for him. It's talking about the great word. But what does it say over here? Same word, Elokim. Oh, so he's saying that this is referring to Gan Because that's where it's Liyos Lachem Kim. He's asking Lachor a question. Chazal Darshan, this Pasuk on Olam Haba, which is not Gan So he says, you could say... There is an interpretation that this can refer to Gan Eden as well. Vagam Shabigamora Pirshu Zedem Afarish this Pasuk. Al Zman Hatchia on the time of Triasamesim, Bakomukum Yeshla Farsha Gamkin al Ganaden. We can we can we can explain it also on Ganaden. I am Bapashas Truma, Kufmem Bezum and Bez, I'm called Maski Ashakhim. That's the first on the Ashem Lokeh. That's the one Liyos Lachem Lelokim to be to you as a power for you that you can absorb and understand as it is in Ganed. Then is the second time Ani Hashem Lokeichem Pam Beis. Hainu Al Goy Delaschar on the great reward Lizman Atchia, which is to the time of the resurrection. Shubchin Egil Loi Atzmos is the revelation of the essence of pleasure. It's not at all, it's not coming through here, because it's not at all divisible through contracted channels. It's the supernal holiness itself. This is like his garment, like white, like white snow. Um, this is the pleasure that's beyond the pleasure that reveals itself in the Pneumius that's called the hair of his head this is going to be revealed in the future this is the reward of Dafka of physical mitzvah observance that's what Chazal say since this is a type of pleasure that's beyond intellectual conception that's why they say that the ultimate reward is tzadikim yoshvim, tzadikim sit, va'atroiseyem b'roiseyem, and their crowns are on their head. A crown sits above your head. Stand? Above the head. It's not something you're perceiving in your head, it's above your head. In yinatarahu b'chinas makav shalom ayolom anamoyach, it's above b'roish. Umekoshkin minas ha'asairois, it's higher than the brain, it's definitely higher than the hair, 
the, the, the Torah that we have now is coming through the here. Then there is the Abish's brain, and then there is the, the, the crown that's above. And that's what we're receiving from. I'm giving you reward. This reward. And that's why he also uses the term Nemon Lashalim Schar. Interesting. Nemon is Malashan Amuna. Nemon is referring primarily to the second type of reward. Because the first reward we don't have to have Amuna for. We can understand it. It's, it's, a, it's a Chachma. Emuna is what transcends the seichel. That's the meaning of nemon l'shalim. Not only that he's trustworthy, that this whole pleasure is a pleasure of emuna. The essence of the pleasure. Now, it's l'maylam and asaga, beyond anybody's comprehension. It's only in a state of emuna. That's why it says two times ani. These are keneged, the two bechinois. Lavushe, the Abishta's garment, Vesareshe, and the, the hair of his head. Two, two levels in the Ani. The mitzvah tzitzis daifka. But it, it says a dafka by the mitzvah of tzitzis. Kibit tzitzis yechbeiz bechines anel. It's the one mitzvah that indicates on both, symbolizes both the talus and the, and the strands of the tzitzis. This is also the reason why, going back to the first question that the pleasure of Gan Eden is going to be uniform to everybody equal. And it's not like Olam Haba, I'm sorry, the pleasure of Olam Haba is uniform to everybody equal. And every Jew can have a chilek in it. But the, um, the, uh, the pleasure of, um, of Gan Eden is to each person. No, but now he's not, that's going to explain later. Meaning later you don't see it over here, there's a little dot here which tells you that there's a little addition, just four lines in the back. But... The first thing he's answering, why Gan Eden is going to come dafka to, to Neshamas in bodies. Sorry, why Tchiyas is going to be, the, this vast revelation is going to be dafka down. Why? Because what triggered this infinite light, we said earlier? The Atzmus Atayinu can only come through physical mitzvahs, like he explained earlier. Where are we going to receive this pleasure? Through the resurrection of the dead. The body is going to get up and delight. Together with the soul. Because this pleasure, which is the essence of pleasure, which is beyond contraction and division. This is drawn through through physical mitzvahs. Because the end is wedged in the beginning. Dafka physical mitzvahs can touch this quintessence of Hashem. That's why it's, it's revelation in the future is dafka in a body. Which isn't the pleasure in Ganeidin. Asagas pnimias atainu. The asaga of the innermost of the pleasure is beloy gufim. Is the neshamas without bodies because that's where that pleasure belongs in the pleasure of the soul which is a keli for it and the like. I am by Sophus. There's a few words over here in the back, which I'm just going to read. Uh, here, you see them in page 394 in the back of the Kutatari. You don't have it in front of you. In, in the other version of the Maimer, this is also the reason. Not every Jew is Zochah to the higher Ganeidin. Because not everybody learns Torah. You have to have Torah to go to Ganeidin. Some people only go to the lower Gan Eden. Every Neshama has to go to Gan Eden, but has to go. The future world. Why? Because every Jew does physical mitzvahs. 
The Abishta made it hard not to do a mitzvah. You honor your parents, you brought them a, a tea. You did a mitzvah. Your physical body did a mitzvah. So no matter how non-religious you are, you have to be a huge you have to learn Torah and be a huge Talmud Chacham to know how to avoid a mitzvah. So there's no Jew that didn't do a mitzvah, and therefore every Jew is a chelik and elam Vadam and even though it's higher, even though it's a higher reward, but this is the way it is. Because it's something that can't be grasped by any grasping. Nothing is a keli to it, only the fact that the Abishter wants to reveal himself. And therefore, body and soul are equal, and the other Abadafka body is a bigger machutan to this light. This is the conclusion of this very special mimer of the ideas of Gan Eden and Olam Haba and so on and so forth. And both of them are the two Ani Hashem Then there is a beer on it. If you want to stay around for the beer, you can learn it yourself. Here's the explanation. All right, everyone, have a good, good week. Next week, Thursday night, I will not be here. If you want to come Thursday night, you can come to Sequoia. We'll do a Shabbos over there next week. Um, but And that'll be the Thursday night already. But um, to come back in for the following week, Parshas Chukas. Hopefully, Yerushalayim. Okay. <laughs>